Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thanks so much for being with us here for episode number 126 here on monday april the 22nd 2019 we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling i'm joe morato alongside the legendary michael quinn hey there michael howdy diddy well quinn we are here to romp our fans through yet another week in the world of retro wrestling lots of romping of course lots of retro uh the old stuff the good stuff the stuff that you like and folks if you like Twitter. Uh, you can follow us there at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But the best place, if you want to talk to me and Quinn and hundreds and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics, is over on Facebook, Michael. Yep. Facebook.com slash addicts. Uh, it's a good website. And yes, it's it is. Fun. And you can talk about all the wrestling there. And you know how you get there, Joe. How do you get there, Michael? Well, there's something called the internet. And you log on to it, uh, you know, AOL.com, whatever, oh, yeah, you, whatever, whatever you use to get on there. Maybe AOL 9, you know, whatever. <laughs> A big planet. Um, you know, beep, 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 dee, dee. Right, that. Like, yeah, you get on. Um, you go to Facebook.com. You type in the search bar. Mm-hmm. Our Vantage Point, Dash, Retro Wrestling Podcast, the tubes and the stuff, and Al Gore. Al Gore, Blah, yep. blah, blah. Uh, the operators, they sign you up and you're in. Once you're in, then then you could... The, the, world, world, is, the world is your oyster, really, at that point. I mean, <laughs> yes, you, you, you can put anything on there. Yeah, and if it's uh, if it's anything retro-related, it'll be appreciated, but you can also talk about current stuff as well. We don't yep. shy away from that. Talk about the prices Right. Um, you can also... You can, I guess, yeah. Old things, you know. Let's get a prices Right uh, discussion going, actually, discussion now that Quinn said that, yes. What are the, there was multiple hosts, right? There wasn't just uh, I don't know for if, like 100 years. It was and then, mainly Barker. There might have been one guy before him. And then Drew Carey or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, yes, go over to Facebook. Go to the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast discussion group. We try to promote a very fun, welcoming environment. Uh, it's really a good time. You just talk about anything uh, retro wrestling related. It'll be appreciated. You can do that. Uh, also, if you want to donate, and that's only if you want to, we're not here begging for your money, but you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We have some uh, rewards tiers there. We have a $2, a $3, and a $5 tier. And on the $5 tier is our monthly pay-per-view reviews. We got WrestleMania 2 coming out any second now, so watch for that. But Quinn, uh, all season long here on this season of Our Vantage Point, we have been talking about, and we've titled the segment, I guess, From a Star to a Jobber. And you want to explain what that is, Michael? All it means, basically, is this. Look. I was a guy, and I was really good, and I I won a lot, and I was pushed, right? right. And then you weren't. And you <laughs> lost more than you won. Yeah. Like that, it's not like you're, like, a complete jobber. Although some of these guys some really went are. to, like, actual jobber. But, like Renegade, for example, yeah. Virgil, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. But the basic point is it was someone that had a big push and then didn't. So it's not a case of someone's career winding down just because they got old. Right. That, those guys are kind of disqualified. Yeah. So who we're talking about today is... Attitude Era favorite, Val Venus. Yeah, Val Venus. Hello, ladies. 
or it rhymes with penis. Yes, like, you get but it. You don't say that. You only say Venus. Yeah, you you imply the penis. Right. <clears throat> it's better to just say Venus because yeah. then you're the smart one. Exactly. Now we don't talk about Val too much for whatever reason. He just doesn't come up that much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, he'll be standing tall here because we're going to give him some <laughs> of our time. We'll give him a quickie here. Val Venus, uh, Sean Morley was uh, obviously most famous or infamous, I guess, depending on who you ask and what you're looking at. For his run in the WWF in the late 90s in the Attitude Era. During the biggest boom of all time. During really. the biggest boom of all time. Probably his most notable, infamous, notorious thing was the choppy choppy of the pee-pee. And, and I don't know, like, it was questionable for a week or two if his pee-pee got chopped off. It's real. And, but remember yeah. John Wayne Bobbitt, like, helped him or something? That's yeah. real. It's well, actually had, real. He had experience with that kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. <laughs> Val Venus was actually uh, a wrestler before the WWF. He wasn't. Like a rookie in 1998 when he debuted. He debuted in May of 98, and they had run some vignettes before that. And when I penetrate the World Wrestling Federation, all the ladies all across the country will be squealing in delight. And he had actually wrestled in Japan, in Mexico, with Wait, a mask. Japan. Yes, all Japan pro wrestling. What is that about? <laughs> Manch, that's yeah. what it's about. He wrestled in a World Wrestling Council, I believe. He was, Ugh. He was, I think, about a three or four year veteran by the time he hit the oh, WWF. Oh, wow, that's actually like new, greener than I thought he was. He thought I, he'd been around longer. You know, like in the indies or something. Well, he was very polished, and I don't mean that to be funny, because he was a, he was a capable wrestler. He had, he had a good uh, high flying in the technical. Right. Did he play any football? Did I don't Jarrah know if he played football. That? And he was uh, trained by uh, the missing link. So, Wait, no, he wasn't. <laughs> yes, he was. What is with the missing Maybe link he's training a good everyone? Trainer. But anyway, so Sean Morley makes it to WWF, and the reason that he is given this uh, Val Venus gimmick, Quinn, is why. You know, Vince Russo one day, you Bro. know, they, they brought this this uh, fella Morley up to them and he's like, I don't know what to do with him, Vince. <laughs> Looks like a porn star. And hence Val Venus yeah. is born, right? Yeah. And he actually was supposed to be a heel initially. Do you remember that, Quinn? His 98 uh, he vignettes. Sort of acted heelish at the beginning, but that didn't really last long. It's like people were kind of, oh, this it's, is funny. It's ha-ha. 98. Like, yeah, yeah. Like people were like, this is kind of funny. What was it about the year 1998? And I feel like it permeated pop culture. Where being kind of edgy and uh, lewd and stuff like that, it really exploded, no I mean, pun intended, it, around that period of time. I mean, it was the era of like South Park yeah, and that's like stuff be part like of it, that. Right. Like, Stern. It, it, Howard Stern's show was like at its peak on television, at least. Yeah, the E version. Yeah, like it, it was just that kind of that time period, right? Everyone, like the morals were a little looser for like <laughs> right. three or four years, yeah, and right. everyone was just like, you know what? Let's just do whatever we want. Like, <laughs> right, it's like, right. and, and we'll do it because it's edgy, not to be edgy as right. much as like it was fitting it, in right is it like is it edgy right. okay put it on right like, right that, <laughs> it wasn't even like anything else than that so he uh yeah he quickly turned face because his fans were cheering him he debuted in may and he was a face like very shortly after right now from the top ropes he turns it the money shot and he caught it hooked the leg it's over Valvinus wins with a money shot in his raw debut <laughs> And I liked Val Venus a lot because I thought he was a good wrestler. I'm well, dead serious. The gimmick felt, didn't do it for me. It was he, whatever. I will say this. He's the first guy of that time where I felt like, okay, like this is an intercontinental champion. Right, like that's right. like what I thought of him as was not like this is a guy that's explicitly going for mid-card titles. And I thought they needed that at the time. Like they needed Absolutely. guys 
that were like because you, you couldn't have people like interfere with Austin and Vince McMahon. Right, they had a whole other tier. Like they had a whole. So these guys needed to fill out that middle portion of the right. show, and I thought Val Venus was actually a pretty good addition. And honestly, one of his breakout matches, if you want to look at it that way, was SummerSlam '98 in the opener against D'Lo, another guy right. of a similar stature. Great match, and the crowd loved it at MSG. Right, and. and- you know, this is to me also like the last era of the Intercontinental title. Like for the most, the belt yeah. had changed to the dumb design. Yeah, but, but that ninety eight's about the tail end, right? Val did win it in early ninety nine. That was amongst or amidst the Goldust, Billy Gunn yeah. contingency, Ken Shamrock, the Ryan Shamrock. But thing. again, I thought that whole scene of guys was the last real like, yeah. competitive yeah. like mid card scene ever, really. Yeah, like, that's a fair point. Yeah. Now Val continued to be Val Venus throughout ninety nine. I want to say that he uh, he got injured at some point in 2000. It was in early 2000 where it all kind of ended for the classic Val Venus, like already by 2000. Right, right. As once Russo's gone, we're in the Chris Kresge era, the Triple H World Champion era. Val cuts his hair, but he's still Val Venus. Right. And I believe Trish managed him briefly. Probably. Right, I mean, like very new Trish. Yeah, the TNA Trish. And then he joins right to censor. Yep, and Which that kills everything. killed the whole Before thing. Before we get to the fall, yeah, let's go just go over some Val Venus highlights real quick. Please do, Quinn. We, we briefly mentioned the choppy, choppy PP. This is probably... Which the, was stupid. Don't the, get me wrong. This this is probably the biggest thing Val Venus ever did as yeah. the Val Venus character. Basically, like, they, they, it was kind of a sort of a long build. I remember it it's going horrible. on for a couple weeks. Yeah, it's but, long, all right. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, but, like, basically, like, Mrs. Yamaguchi-san was, like, with... Horrible. With Yamaguchi-san, the manager of Kai and Tai. None of this is good. And we're not talking about the just Funaki Taka version. We're talking about the evil... Dick like, Togo and Men's Teo. Yes. Yeah, like those... And they were kind of bad. They looked badass, I have to admit. They, had, they like, did it first, yeah. They looked awesome. On. Like, they when looked, they were club kamikaze in yeah, the beginning. They, they were pretty cool. And, and basically, they get in this feud with Val Venus, and it's suggested <sighs> over a couple weeks that Maybe Mrs. Yamaguchi-san, who's very, like, every time she's shown, she's very shy and, like... Um, Is she implied to be, like, underage? I didn't think that. I just thought that she's supposed to be younger than him. Very younger than him. She looked like a teenager. I... Well, because I was a kid. Well, I you wrote know, it, Quinn. Yeah, I, I was a kid. I had <laughs> Quinn no Russo. freaking clue. I, she just looked older than me, so I just thought she was an adult. Like, <laughs> right, fair. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Like, yeah. I had no idea. But anyway, Mrs. Yamaguchi-san, she's super shy. She's kind of like a Miss Elizabeth-type character. Let's not get crazy here, Quinn. But she was also, if you recall, before the reveal and everything, she's like very conservatively dressed, and yeah. she's always in the audience, yeah. and like she's just like... Blah, blah, blah. And then Valvina starts suggesting things to her and uh, 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 eventually it gets to a point where he sleeps with her and then she comes out dressed all slutty. It's horrible. Like, and, and like, none of this is good. Yeah. Finally, it escalates to the point where Kai and Ty like kidnaps Valvina's and like ties him up. And there's this weird video they like put on the screen where he's tied up. And then they have like a, a samurai sword and they, right when they go to cut it, the cut, lights go out, right? Yeah. The lights go out. You're like, wait, did they cut his penis? Because his penis was like all his power, basically, in the in the show. Riveting television. Yeah. See, 20 years before Joey Ryan, right. there was Val Venus doing the dick gimmick, just in a different way. Right, exactly. Now, remember also his nickname was the Big Valboski? Now, that's the, totally yeah. a takeoff of the Big Lebowski, right? 
It has to which be, right? Which had just come out. It was new, which is them doing things that's relevant, so. It's where the uh, eagles were. <laughs> hey, stop. <laughs> Infamously mocked. Come on, I had a rough night, and I hate the fucking eagles, man. Yeah, so, but, but he joins right to shithead. Right, after, you know, all of that. And, and there's then, also a Ryan Shamrock thing, yeah, too. Yeah, saving Ryan's privates and all right, that. Because yeah. the whole time he's still doing the vignettes and the hello, ladies, and all right, that, and the right. towel, and licking his thumbs. And, he, I mean, people liked it. Right. It's not for all times. It's not like an all-time yeah. gimmick, but people who are into but it. But those, to me, were the two highlights, That's right? That's saying it's something. Like the Yamaguchi-san thing, and the, the Ryan Shamrock, and... <laughs> He had a few Ken Shamrock and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. So after all of this, that's when we jump to this, what the fuck? Like, I don't even know what they did. Right, because first of all, right to censor is just Vince being petty. Don't do it like that. Because right. of like the other, the PTC didn't like him. So he's like, ha, 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 I'll make a group. What's more surprising about that is to Dick. me, that was a minor, like one week story in the news. Like nobody cared <laughs> right, about it. Right, right, right. But it went on and on oh, the God. right to censor for months and months. And to me, it served as a way to kill off a bunch of Attitude Era characters. Godfather and yeah. Val, especially. Yeah. And Stevie Richards, too, because he had I, been doing nothing. I don't know why necessarily they were doing this. Besides the PTC thing, like, yeah. why take all these successful characters, put them in, like, li- an actual wrestler dumpster, I don't know. and, like, set them ablaze? Like, because that's, like, what this did. Probably just ran out of things to do for those guys. So Val gets injured sometime after WrestleMania 17 when he was still doing the right to censor gimmick. He's out for a while, and he comes back at the Royal Rumble 2002 under his old gimmick. But no one really cared There's about not this as version. Much fire, and you know, like I was saying, they go through that right to censor thing, and some of them try to reclaim what they had. Godfather did too. Yeah, but it just never worked again. And we're kind of past the Attitude Era by 2002, and a lot like of the a old year fan- past it. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of the old fans had gone. Right, by that because, point. Because of the disastrous, like, invasion thing <laughs> Horrible. and all that, yeah. So then he becomes the, member the Chief of Staff era in, like, 02, right. 03. Right, so this is the, is this the Chief Morley? Yes, this era. So, they rename him this Chief Morley. It's and, such crap, where and, he's, like, Bischoff's assistant. And honestly, I wasn't watching as much, and I would hear people mention Chief Morley, but I didn't see that it was Val Venus, so it'd be very confusing. I'd be like, who the fuck is Chief Morley? Did you think like, it was, like, Chief J. Strongbow or something? No, I, well, I thought he was Native <laughs> American related at the time. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> no, I was just very confused as to, like, why, like, I don't understand what the fuck this is. Like, I don't want to watch this, and I don't think I watch most of it. That's I, that's 2003 in a nutshell yeah. for most fans, yeah. honestly, Quinn. You can't fire this man without talking to Stone Cold. You brought in JR without talking to I can fire anybody I want to fire. You can't fire him as chief of staff. Yeah, that's right. That means I'm still the chief of staff. Right? Hell no, you're fired. Then finally, he returns to the Val Venus name and gimmick in like 03, 04, but that's like where he's bald and he's a jobber until 09. Right. So basically, he enters this twilight phase of his career, essentially, where yeah, it's, he's, he's young. The, I know. He's that's young. the problem. That's the problem, right? Where it's basically they're using, he'd get a big pop when he come out because people are like, oh, yeah, remember Val Venus? Yeah. And they're like, Attitude Era. We love Attitude yeah. Era, right? Like, <laughs> right, that's right. what happened. You get that for like five minutes. <laughs> He'd come out, and then he'd lose. To, and like, it, Rob Conway or yeah, something. some garbage, <laughs> mid-2000s crap. And Val Venus causes some separation there. Oh, Val Venus! With a modified powerbomb on Rob Conway. Johnny Nitro, And that you was, know. like, kind of his purpose, right? It was like... Yeah, a he, jobber! Yeah, yeah. He, he was a jobber, and he was kind of, like, 
in a weird way, they kind of acted like he was almost like a Tito Santana, where it's like, yeah, yep. this guy was something, but like now he isn't. He and, used to have hair too. So, so yeah. So it's like, well, if you beat him, maybe you're like okay. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. In theory. So let's talk about this real quick here. I personally think as hot as that gimmick was in '98, '99, as over as it was, oh, well, it was hot to Miss Yamaguchi. <sighs> Stop it. There's only so far you can go with a porn star gimmick, right? I mean, they right, went I- all the way. <laughs> Yeah, they did go all the way. Um, I don't know. Like, I thought he could be more like a Rick Rude character and turn heel when he first came in. Yeah, he was a mix of Rude and yeah, like Martell. I guess they kind of did the Rude, <laughs> the Rude uh, Jake Angle just with the reverse, like the heel being, you know. The one the, who had the wife. The That's because it's 98. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, good point. Like, maybe they could have reversed it one more time. What do you think ultimately hurt him, though? Do you think it was getting injured a lot and then the right to censor thing on top of that? I think ultimately it was the right to censor thing that did irreversible damage. Like, because yeah. it did irreversible damage to everyone involved in it. That's a really like, good point. To me, that is literally a wrestler dumpster. That whole thing is bad. For the record, folks, he was only 29 when he joined the right to censor. It's so frustrating. 29. I think that it was also, like, unintended consequences. I think what they thought is, we'll do this RTC thing, these guys will break up, and everyone that comes out, they'll be like, everyone will be like cheering. It's like, yeah, we want, like, right. Godfather back. We right. want yeah, yeah, Venus yeah. back. Like, you know, like, but it just, it, did, it like, killed them. At, they, like, they escaped, and yeah, there was, like, a little pop after. But everyone but moved on. Everyone moved on. It right. was like, wait. Val Venus, who's that again? Yeah. Like that's what happened. It was like you killed the momentum on all these characters before, like they were ready to be killed. Do you think? Uh, I don't think him teaming with Lance Storm in like '03 did him any favors. To me, either. these were all these things afterwards. <laughs> they're all just attempts to like yeah. fix it. Like you can't. I'm not gonna like criticize that because it's all just like well intentioned like ideas to try to like get these characters that they ruined via RTC back on track. <laughs> but like, wasn't you know Lance I mean? Storm's gimmick that he was boring? Wasn't that like actually his yeah, gimmick but maybe in they WWE? Thought, put him with him, they'll look like he'll look like a good wrestler. They were like, good wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing about Val Venus, folks, and I want your input as well about Val Venus. I always saw him like from the time he debuted until he left. A very good wrestler in the ring. Legitimately yeah. like, really good. But do you think he was ever... Do you think his shelf was like the mid-card? I honestly... His ceiling? I, I wonder how long it could have gone. Because I look at Rick Rude, and to me, he's the modern-day Rick Rude, Val Venus. Like, and, his gimmick-wise. Yeah, and, like, I imagine if they put Rick Rude in an RTC thing. Like, it would he would have died. Like, just, <laughs> just exactly yeah. like Val Venus did. Uh, Venus had great music, though. Let's be honest about that. Rick Rude had good music. Yeah, that's what I'm w- saying. WF. That- Although they, you can never hear it anymore. But- <laughs> it's copyrighted. Yeah. Val's music was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really liked his song. He also had the video with the screws going in. And oh, all yeah. That. You- all the... I- I will Double say this, we didn't get to comment on it, but Go I ahead. always thought he had one of the better um, video things, like when that was the early days. The early of that. days of the Titan Tron, like, yeah. I, I thought that that was a pretty funny video. It was. And, and, and like, it's I, all on the nose, but though. But it's also like a, like the funnier part about it is it's like a quick cut. It's like a super cut uh, yeah, of, of them. Yeah, just shit that, yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that that was like creative for some reason. I was it like, was. that's pretty funny. Like, And handed to Vince Russo or whoever tracked down Jenna Jameson and actually got her in a vignette with Valvina. Bob you know. it too, and Bobby. Yeah, I will say they got celebrities to interact with Alvinus, which is saying something about the character. I'm pretty sure at the time 
he was one of the guys that was talked about like outside of wrestling like this is like oh did you see this guy he's a porn star on tv right, right. and he's a wrestler and isn't that pretty funny like, yeah haha you, know, right. like, you hear like adults talk about yeah. it right like <laughs> let's go watch south park yeah you know, that exactly. type of thing. like it's true overall i think the val was probably in wwf gonna not ever achieve the top level but i think he had the talent too i just don't there was such a crowded scene yeah. When he was there that I think that was the best he could have done. And I think you're right. I think the right to censor deal really hurt him. But what just one last hypothetical here. What could they have done instead of the porn star gimmick? Because that that well, can't last they forever. They could have modified him like they did with Rude where he still was kind of that same thing. But at the same time, it's kind of he had like an edge and like they highlighted his wrestling ability more. Like that's how they handled Rude. And I always thought it was like the proper yeah. way to handle him because like we said, he's a good wrestler. So it's yeah, like, he is. It's like you kind of you would kind of ease him in maybe you know give him a manager or something like something where it's like ease him into like no he's in more world class wrestling matches you know what i mean as a heel probably yeah, too like, right yeah like and that's what they did to rude and that's why they were able to transition rude out of just the like the goofy type yeah, of like yeah yeah it's it, it all they had to do was follow the same pattern okay it would have worked especially during like the mid-2000s i think you could it could have worked with a guy going out there being like you know, I'm going to steal your girlfriend. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, because that, that, that will never go. That's like a universal, like, you'll piss off guys. Like, <laughs> uh, it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's that, true. That is, like, that, that is something you don't have to wait seven years to redo. You can do that every day, and I don't know why they don't have somebody always with that gimmick. Well, I don't know. But, folks, let us know what you thought of Val Venus. Uh, did he do anything for you? Did you like him? Did you not like him? Did you think the porn star gimmick was dumb? And could he have done more, or was he kind of at his limit? Did he, uh, was he at the end of his rope? If you will, you can let us know that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, there are more WrestleManias to rank, my friend. And we're going to be taking two more out of the pool. We're going to see where they fall. It is Royal Rankings of WrestleManias, and that is coming up right after this. Hello, 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 hello again, ladies. <laughs> My name is Val Venus. I'm here on a set of my latest video flip entitled Lust in Space. And ladies, when I penetrate inside the World Wrestling Federation, let's just say it'll be a scream. Ladies, you had better get your rest now. Well, you can. <laughs> And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode number 126, and it is Monday, April 22nd, 2019. I mentioned our Patreon earlier, Quinn. We do have one. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Yeah, over there, you can get all the tiers and fun 
that we have to offer. Yep. Uh, three tiers of deliciousness, that's, right, Joe? That's right. They're very delicious tiers. Yeah. Two dollars. $3 and $5. Then again, we don't do this to try to get rich. We're not begging for your money. But if you like what we do each and every week and you want to get some extra OVP content, there are three rewards tiers that we want you to just check out. Go to to go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Check them out and see if it's something you might like. But Quinn, we have the royal rankings at hand here. And it, this is, it is time. We're getting a full fuel here. We're getting the list is filling up. Yeah, I mean, we're there's only ten in this one, so yeah. it's, it's it's we're running out. the The big guys got to enter soon, right? Yeah, the big guy, the biggins. Well, we've had some biggins, we, right? We've had a few biggins, and folks, just a refresher on what the royal rankings is. Well, basically, before the season started, we asked you, the fans, for lists of your ten f- best and ten worst WrestleManias. We took all of those votes and we compiled them into a pool here. So there's a pool of the worst and a pool of the best. And each week, we pull out two alternating weeks, ranking and flush. This week is the rankings. That's the best of the WrestleManias. So we take two, we add them to the list, and we see where they rank. Now, right now, the current rankings for the best WrestleManias at number one is WrestleMania 3. Wow, that's a big one. Following closely behind is WrestleMania 6. I love that show. Me too. You know, it's just good because it's... It's not the best matches, but it's no. just fun, right? Yeah, and it was a tough choice between three and six, but we wound up putting three above it just right, for right. historical significance. Number three is WrestleMania 10. I like that one a lot. A, a, a real classic. It the is. The ladder match, the, the Brent, Brent Owen. Owen. Yeah. <laughs> and at number four, because it made the list somehow, is WrestleMania 18. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Why is that on there? Because of the Huck versus the Ruck. Yeah, that's it. The only Ruck. because of Huck and Ruck. Yeah, Huck and Ruck. <laughs> that's literally the only reason. But those are four. So we're going to pull two more out. We're going to see where they rank. So without any further ado here, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. And welcome to WrestleMania 3. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Look at the big splash win. of WrestleManias. As we have mentioned, Quinn, there are four on the board right now. We're going to be adding two more to this list here. I'm very excited because people are pretty passionate about their WrestleManias, Quinn, and which ones they think are the best and the worst. They really love them. Um, they, they love to rank them. I mean, they're already ranking the new one. Yeah, 35 or Liberty Head or whatever you want to call Liberty it. Liberty Head <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh, but I, I don't know if that got voted in because the, the voting's been over since oh, before yeah. that WrestleMania. The, the polls have closed. The time for talking is through. It might be time for Turkey, though. I'm not sure. Maybe if we ever do a Redux, maybe 35 will make redux. it into, into here. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, Quinn, you want to find out who drew... Number five? Sure. I'll tell you, there's nothing like WrestleMania. Is there, Monsoon? Absolutely not. We agreed on something. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're in trouble. Getting out of here. 
It's WrestleMania 8. I'm so excited. It I love is, WrestleMania 8. I, I want to see the pinup in the center. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. WrestleMania 8. I love this show. This is one of my all-time favorite WrestleManias, but we have to be unbiased here, right, Quinn? The, yeah, no, all completely unbiased. Fair and balanced. Scientific. Scientific, that's scientific right. Scientific analysis. And holistic. So. And I like this WrestleMania also, and that's, every mania probably on this list is pretty good. Yeah, truthfully. Yeah. They all are. Well, 18 is not we hate 18. It's not good. It's not the worst either. Let's put it that way. Well, 10 years earlier, there was a really good one, and this was on April 5th, 1992, from the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana. This is during a period of time where even though WWF was on a steep decline for about a year, yeah. This show is great. Well, I mean, it's, creatively. it's early 92, the creative renaissance of WF. It really is. It's yeah. like the peak of the the pre-attitude era of like late 91 right, into 92. Some people call it the pre-attitude yeah. era. It's like, you know, it's kind of like the end of the pre-attitude era, right? It's it, This is like that very small window where yep. it was like, we're doing edgy shit and a lot of tunny and stuff. Yep. Now, there's an announced like 60-something thousand fans in the Hoosier Dome. I bet a lot of them were papered. I'm sure yeah. 10,000 maybe were papered, maybe 20. Even if they were papered, these people wanted to see this show. The, the crowd seems genuinely good, really excited about what they're seeing. Good you know crowd, I mean? yep. And it yeah. would actually be their last dome show all the way until uh, 17. Wow. The last time yeah. they ran a dome. Wonder uh, if that a WrestleMania. One, I wonder if that one made the cut. I wonder if it did. It better have. Yeah. Uh, but this was... Also, the last WrestleMania to feature Gorilla Monsoon on commentary. Right. Uh, with Bobby Heenan in a commentary. they should have been doing uh, it for years to come, but... The commentary tell is just unbelievable, oh, this yeah. entire event. So, we're coming off the tour de force that was WrestleMania, or Royal Rumble, for that matter, yes. 1992. The commentary tour de force, the commentary right? commentary tour yes. de force, yes. Bobby's finest moment, probably. Yeah, and this is kind of like, this is kind of the encore, yes. commentary-wise. It's fantastic, and we'll just walk you through the matches here. There are not a lot of celebrities on this one. It's Good. A, yeah, good is right. Well, Tito's sister's here, right? She opens the show, that's right, Reba McIntyre sings, right. uh, I believe it's actually the National Anthem in this case, which is, is rare. Yeah, America I think so. Beautiful. I don't well, remember. Well, there's also a dark match that uh, comes there is. before that that includes the uh, the Bushwhackers. Ever heard of them? Yeah, I've heard of them. I can't believe there's still a thing. <laughs> they're, they're there until like 96. Versus the Beverly Brothers, <laughs> in which the Bushwhackers appear to win the match oh, in good. 10 minutes. They got their win back from Royal Rumble. That's nice. Good for them. No Jameson this time. Uh, so after Arebo leaves, her brother comes out. Boy, can Tito's sister belt one out. Will you stop? That's Arebo McIntyre. It is not. Woo! And that's El Matador, Tito Santana. Right. Yeah, her brother. And, <laughs> and he is facing the newly minted Shawn Michaels. Very uh, minty. Very minty gum. <laughs> um, he, he is... He is. He thinks he's hot shit. He's got the oh, coat. God. There's that guy in the crowd that's got the coat <laughs> also. Um, sensational Sherry's in all her glory, like all white. She's so good with Sean. Yeah. She she's really, really is. Totally different than she so, was with Savage. So this is kind of like a new thing for her, right? Whereas she was like this weird, like, Dama Matrix kind of character. Yeah, she before. was a Dama Matrix, yes. Whatever. Donna Matrix? Yeah, she's her name's Donna Matrix. Donna Matrix. Whatever. She's this weird, like, you know, very aggressive. Like, yeah, a femme fatale, femme perhaps fatale. you would say. Yeah, that kind of thing. She's now lovey-dovey. She's now in love, and she's kind of just like a goon for Shawn Michaels. Yeah, like, she's, she's goo-goo. Just, 
She's goo goo for Gaga. <laughs> yeah, all that Gaga. Yeah. So Michaels, yeah, had just turned, obviously, when Janetti jumped through the barbershop window. Yeah. Shortly before Royal Rumble 92, because Janetti was trying to escape. Right. He tried to get away. Jerk. And, and you know, <laughs> Sean was like, I'll help you. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is great because this is a big star from the 80s, Tito Santana, who was a big star in the 80s. I mean, he was at the uh, WrestleMania 1. And 2. And 3. And 4. And, and 5. And 6. Them, yeah. And 7. Point. Yeah. And Shawn Michaels is his first big singles match on a pay per view. Right. He was in the Rockers for years, an up-and-coming wrestler here. And Michaels wins. It's about a 10-minute match. It's decent. I never it's had just, a problem it's with just it. A, to me, it always feels like a highlight that, like, when you go to the house shows this year, you'll get to see a lot of this guy. Like, that's, Sean, like, what this match feels like. Gorilla, I think, or Bobby, or both are already hyping him up as a, a potential intercontinental champion. Wrestler which of the 90s. Wrestler of the 90s. Yeah. Great catchphrases, by the way. Right. And I thought it was a nice showing. It was a fine match. Nothing wrong with it. I also liked it at the very end. The weird transition into something. I think it's like the LOD on a stand. Thing. Yeah, don't bring that up. But like, there's this weird where you see Sean with his like hand up as his music's playing. Yeah. Like he's like walking away. It's cool. And, like isn't it? Sherry's behind him all celebrating. Yeah, it's like, it's just like a good, like, okay, Shawn Michaels, singles wrestler, he's going to be here for a yep. while, right? Like, th- this Not guy is it. a big deal. And then, of course, we do get that LOD interview, which is agonizingly awful. It's now, where did, Paul Ellering returns. Now, does this include Rocco in any way? I don't no, there's no it. puppets in Thank this one. God. But this is where uh, Gene's like, are you ready? Here they come. And, and it's just nobody, LOD. Nobody cares. <laughs> so we have an interview in, this, in the second segment of WrestleMania 8. And, what a great idea. <laughs> yeah. And Paul Ellering's like, I am the bad apple and yeah. that whole thing. Basically, this is where the I am good comes yeah. from. Like, this is like, to me, like, this motherfucker. Like, what the hell? Quinn hates Paul Ellering I if you're new around so here. I hate so much. I don't get it. I am the procurator of job whatever what he said. What did he like, do? Nothing. Like nothing. It was need that first brought the Legion of Doom together. Cool. You got a puppet later? What? <laughs> Just I don't even. It's don't get, all bad. Don't get me angry. Yeah. Don't the, get. Don't get. You're right. This is a good angry. WrestleMania. Let's this is stay a good with WrestleMania. it. WrestleMania. This part annoys me. I don't know why it's, it's here. It's a terrible interview. They say nothing. Well, and then all that. Tell them about that. Yeah. That's all it's it is. All bad. Lod stunk here. Yeah. They stunk here. This They're is the good, beginning but of the stink. Yeah, they stunk here. Yeah. Uh, and then we have, speaking of, again, a, another big 80s star taking on someone from the 90s here. Undertaker, who is a pretty recent face in the last couple right. of months, which is great to see the and, crowd. And by face, you mean good guy, not like he's a new wrestler. Right, right. Kind of. a pr- yeah, pretty recent uh, fan favorite, to right, quote yeah. Bill Apter, but not his max. Uh, so he's taking on Jake Roberts, who this would prove to be Jake's last WWF match until 1996. Now, if you know anything about the streak, you know who wins. But also, this is kind of a passing of the torch kind of match. Passing right? of the creepy torch. Right. It, it's kind of like how they, they, for years, like, it, maybe you're a more recent fan and you may be like, how they were talking about, like, Bray Wyatt. Like, they wanted Undertaker to pass the creepy torch right. to him. <laughs> yeah, the creepy torch. But it's like, a, real, this it's a Jake, real torch. You can this, buy it at this Sears. This is Jake Roberts passing the creepy torch to the Undertaker. Yeah, absolutely. And this was in the midst of Jake's really evil era that he had started in 91 when he turned on the Warrior, where he was just yeah, totally a fuckwad. Like extra evil. Like <laughs> He's he, such an he, asshole. He unleashes a King Cobra on yeah! Savage, Remember and, King? and he, he threatens, and he pushes Miss Elizabeth. He slaps Elizabeth yeah. at Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. Slaps he, her right in the face. And no one before that right. was able to, like, touch her. And the whole reason Undertaker even decided to, like, get involved is because, they, remember, they had previously been friends. They invaded right. Savage's wedding together, which yeah, is really yeah, funny. That, that is a weird thing. <laughs> but after the Saturday Night's main event in February, Jake's getting ready to hit Savage with a chair as he and Liz are walking back the curtain and, you know, we're backstage and the Undertaker stops him. He's like, fuck you. Yeah. Tell me who's side drawing. 
face to face. Come on. Make up your mind, man. You make it up. Not yours. And this is a good culmination of a months-long build of Jake Roberts' character. Undertaker pretty handily kicks his ass. I mean, he kicks out of the DDT. I think he kicks out of two DDTs, tombstones and poorly on the floor. Right. And that's it. Jake is never here again. Apparently, Jake had a falling out with Vince right before this. He was supposed to be the booker or something. Yeah, literally, he was supposed to replace Pat Patterson, who had stepped down at this time because of the The Phil Phil Donahue scandal. The Phil Donahue (laughs) thing, which you can go watch on our YouTube. Yeah, we have that. But I thought again. Another big 90s star, Quinn, we all know what The Undertaker became, going over a big 80s star. Perfect. And guess what? It happens in the next match again. Yep. Here it is. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart versus uh, Roddy the Piper. The Intercontinental Champion Roddy Piper. Right. Who had who had just won his first belt in WF. Yeah, Rumble from yeah, the Mountie. Was, to me, that was such a big deal. Oh, like, huge deal. Huge I was deal. so happy. Yeah, like, it was, know, it's a great moment when Roddy wins. It's a good moment, wins. yeah, and you're just like, yeah, why the hell has Piper not been a champion is the more important question. And they have this great pre-match promo with Gene in the middle of the two of them, where Piper is just being a goofball. He's like, I know this guy's just was knee-high to a grasshopper. I remember Mrs. Hart making themselves just throwing out that baloney. Only one piece of baloney, yeah. I remember when they was changing your body pants. And yep. then Brett's like, look, all I care about is one thing. You got the Intercontinental title. I want it. And then it's like, you keep your head to yourself. Bye-bye. And yeah, all he that. Puts the, he puts his belt on <laughs> yes. his hand. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> Not today. Yeah. I don't think so. That yeah, whole thing. That whole thing. So it's <laughs> she be mine. Because I remember when Mrs. Hart used to come down, man. She used to make them sandwiches, man. Throw on that bologna. Of course, only one piece of bologna. But that don't matter. I was hungry. Kind of classic interview there. Um, Beautiful, really. It leads to a classic matchup. Underrated. Um, one of the better matches at WrestleMania ever, I would say. Honestly, and for all the you know the making fun of Brett we do for saying, you know, I could have good matches, he really does have a good one you here. Gotta hand it to Piper, too. Oh, Piper, oh absolutely. Piper is very good here. Well, Piper always said this is the only WWF match where he actually wrestled and didn't just brawl. Right. And he does a phenomenal job with Brett. So they, they're both face. Piper starts to lean heel. Gorilla and Bobby are hysterical. We've talked about Gorilla and Bobby's commentary on this a lot, but this is, you know, I don't have any gold in my teeth. What do you think I am? Japanese? There's so many lines there's that Bobby lot, throws at him. There's a lot of lines. I Let's can't say, name them we all. We gotta just say there's a lot of lines. There's it's a like lot we, of good we lines. We can't go over every single no, one. In we have one. other segments where we've done that. Yeah, yeah. But their commentary is fantastic because when it's time to get serious and the match heats up, they do get serious. Yeah. And of course, this match ends with a great move that would um, later be reused with Stone Cold and yes. stuff like that. But um, After Brett is bladed surreptitiously and he's yeah. busted open. So Piper goes for his big sleeper hold, which is his finisher. Yes, it is. Um, Beat Adrian with it at WrestleMania 3. Brett kind of, while he's in the sleeper, while he's trying to fight out of it, they go towards the corner. Yep, he walks up the road. Brett corner. does one last like kind of desperation to get out. He pushes his feet against the turnbuckle pads and it knocks Piper over. But Piper's still trying to hold the, 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 sleeper. the sleeper hold because, you yep. know, that's his finishing move, yep. right? Yep. But... Brett is on top of him when they come. So, like, Piper's still holding it. I, I guess he's not supposed to be paying attention. He's just yeah. like, I'm just trying to finish him the fuck Correct. off. And he's getting pinned. One, Beautiful. two, three, Bret Hart wins. Beautiful. And then yeah. we have the show of respect after the match. Roddy helps him up, gives him the belt. Yeah. Absolutely awesome match, truly. Like, yeah. a, it really helped make Bret Hart another big 80 star Roddy Piper putting over clean. And Piper never lost clean. Yeah. Awesome unsung match, one of my personal favorites, and Brett really brought it here, and so did Roddy now, Piper. I have to say this about Roddy Piper. Um, 
every time I see this, it makes me like respect Piper. Like Piper wasn't like all about himself. Like I think a lot of people no. like to make it out. He to wasn't. Be. He was like a- this. This is proof right here. He knew he was on his way out, and he was going to put somebody over. It doesn't matter who wears the belt here. We're looking at two tremendous champions. So then Ray Combs comes out and takes a survey. Yeah, the survey. <laughs> now, Ray Combs was the host of the Family Feud, but not the most popular. Richard Dawson was the, the main host before right, that. He was like the other, the second host. He was right? the revival host of 88. Nobody he took cared. Over. No, not really. He's okay, though. He's, you know, it's just a survey. Yeah. Just a survey. It's only in the survey. It's the survey. It's the survey. Oh, you know what? I should mention right before that is where uh, we have an interview with Lex Luger. The oh, milk yeah. promo. Uh, yeah, see you June 13th, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, Gorilla and Bobby <laughs> interviewing the WBF's Lex Luger. Who right, had, he's not Narcissus yet. Nope. He had just come from WCW, I believe it was February, when he lost the title to Sting. Yeah. So he's fresh from WCW. Now, I'm going to say he's clearly in some room in Titan Towers, by the way. Wherever it was, he was definitely pre-taped, and Gorilla and Bobby were like reacting to the pre-tape. You can right. tell by the yeah. timing. It's not really good. Yeah. But that has the famous, uh, I can't say the same for the fat guy sitting next to you. Yeah. What? And yeah. all that. No, I can't say the same for the fat guy what? sitting next to you. I also seem to remember a some kind of lamp next yeah. to Lex Luger and yes. like a fuck Jerry pattern couch or, or like, chair or whatever or chair. he's in. Like yes. It's very puffy. A couple of days off the Snickers bars, and he takes yeah. his shirt off and all that, and see June 13th, Bobby. But now, yeah, the eight-man, let's just run down the participants real quick. It's Bossman, Dugan, Slaughter, and Virgil taking on the Mountie, the Nasty Boys, and, and Repo. And those are all great comic heels in this. Anyway, this, this match, match happens. happens. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And, and it's I, fine. I don't think we should say anything <laughs> no, else. This match that's happens. It. I'm not even going to say wins. And now we go to the first half of our main event. And again, we've talked about what we thought should have happened, the Hogan Flair thing. We don't need to rehash that. We've done segments on it. Yeah. It wasn't Hogan Flair, okay? It's Savage versus Flair for the world title. The champion, Ric Flair, heroically won the 92 Rumble. Yeah, he he just goes into this whole thing where it's like, I had Elizabeth first, yada, yada, yada. Fake pictures. We're going to, the centerfold is going to come down. When you're flat on your back, look up to the big screen because Mr. Perfect will be waving the fold out of Liz. So to the match here, Savage is dressed in all gold, which is awesome. And he is hot because he is ready to kick Flair's ass. He comes out alone, not with Liz. Flair is in all his glory. This is actually where because Bobby's in all his glory, too, where I pull the, uh, will you stop sound clip oh, from? Exactly the loud one. From? Yeah, that's the loud, the loud one. one. You know, if you want to be fair to Flair, you've got to be fair and say that's a heck of a run. Only a man is fair as Flair would show up at WrestleMania. Will you stop? What are you talking about? Yell at me. Bobby's like insufferable during this. He's such an asshole gorilla. He is just like, this is it. Like, my man's made it to the main event. He's got perfect here. Mr. Perfect's here. I got it all. Yep. And they proceed to have a fantastic fucking match. Like, two pros where, I think we did a commentary on this one. Perfect is such an asshole with all the interference. But I have to say, it's, it's a great combination of a good match and a good brawl. Yep. And a lot of outside interference. Great and, commentary. And, and also, they even pulled the, like, on your heart strings with Miss Elizabeth running out yeah, to, midway. like, help her man. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? And not, she doesn't get any support. Nope. She's just like, no, I'm going to, like... Yeah, the I, rare. Yeah, she's just like, fuck this. She like, doesn't bring Hogan out. Yeah, she just is like, no, get the hell away from him, you know? Yeah. Like, 
So if you've never seen this match, folks, or maybe it's been a while, check this one out. It's about 20 minutes worth, and it is fantastic. Flair does a very obvious blade job, you know, yeah. whereas Brett didn't, of course. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking of all that Miss Elizabeth and Savage stuff, though. That to me, is like this might be the peak growth of those characters, where it's like now they're their own people. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Liz, like, disappears after this, so I don't know. Right. It's the end of her story. Okay, but so it's the end of her character. Yeah. So this match itself, though, is really good, and it's dramatic. Gorilla and Bobby are amazing. There's so much yelling and commotion. Like Quinn said, Liz storms out. She's, like, refusing to go to the back. Right. And after Savage rolls up Flair and gets the heroic pin. But no, it's the Macho Man! And it'll go behind from the outside! And no! Flair tries to kiss Liz and all that, and yeah. she shoves him she over. Slaps him. Slaps him. Savage kicks his ass. It's a whole commotion. Finally, when it all when the dust all settles, Fink announces once again. It's so the good. World Wrestling Federation fireworks. Yeah, it's so good. It is. It's if the show would have ended this way, it'd probably be well remembered. How does Randy Savage every fucking WrestleMania <laughs> brings like, it, man? He just does it. Like he just pulls it off like all the time. He makes it the best story of the show. Second year in a row where he yeah. had the best thing on the card. Yeah. You know? It, it, it's true. This was a fantastic match. Savage, once again, the world champion. Then there's a, pro- a post-match promo that I just want to mention real quick because it's where Perfect says, shut up, Mooney! Yeah. <laughs> like, very notably. Rick Flair's executive... Cons- shut up, Mooney! Right. That whole promo with Flair and... Flair is Bo- bloody as hell. Bobby comes down from the booth. Remember, yeah. they're all freaking out about how Savage won. Handful right. of tights. They're freaking out. They go to Randy Savage yeah. now. And Savage is like, this is for yeah. you. And like, this belt is for you, Mr. Take Elizabeth. Take go. go. Like, you know, and then he's like, and this <laughs> yeah. is for you, Rick yeah. Flair. Like, oh, I care. I don't care. I don't really care. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Like, he hates him so much that he doesn't even give a shit that he won the title. Right. Like he's that, pissed. To him, like, that's just inconsequential. He's like, he's got a, and this is what I mean about the growth of the Savage character. His whole life was about being the champion for so many years. And True. just like, at this point, it's like, good point, Quinn. Fuck the belt. Like, I want to beat the shit out of this guy that messed with my lady. You know? All right, fair. You know what? Yeah. You're right. Uh, and then we have the cooldown match, Tatanka versus Rick Martel. The best thing of this is that Gorilla will not stop with Bobby, like taunting him, like, <laughs> you're a liar! You're a liar! They that go, whole thing. They go crazy during yeah. this, this, like, useless garbage. Yeah. Match. I'm a broadcast journalist. You're a liar! I'm a financial consultant. You're a liar! And I'm going to sit here and do my job like the gentleman I am. You're a liar! If you don't like it, you can get out of here and you can you're turn on your phone and your headset. You know what you can do with it. Because what? you're not going to get me upset. You're all upset. You understand that right now? You're not going to get me upset. Don't jump. It's a long way down. Put him up. <laughs> now, does Satanka have pants during this? <laughs> yes, he has the white pants. This. He sucks. Why was he ever pushed? Because he had a good look, I guess. He's lumpy or something. Because <laughs> yeah, he's lumpy. That's where there's a lot of those jokes too. Yeah. Tatanka wins. It's a quick, inoffensive match. Good. It just go away. It go away. Exactly. The next one's not good. It's the Natural Disasters challenging the Money Inc. for the, the tag titles. The tag team that everybody wants to be good, Money Inc. But, but, but they're not. Yeah. And the Disasters had just turned face, so like no one cares except that one lady that holds up a sign that says Natural Disasters rule, and so Bobby be- makes fun of her. Natural Disasters rule. How about that? She'd be home doing the dishes. She wouldn't have time to make stupid cards like that. Bimbo. Basically, this is this is supposed to be about the whole Jimmy Hart jumping between people. Like, so that's basically it, right? Yes. I he, mean, like he basically screwed over the disasters and got Money Inc. a title shot against LOD. Right. And they had just formed. Like they weren't previously a team. But that's they, the whole idea. They had tag team briefly like with like once. Sherry. Like even when she was yeah. still with 
Ted DiBiase. Yeah, I like, know. In like ninety one. In nine early ninety two, even there's matches in January on like super. Oh, is there really? Yeah, like it's weird. So they were forming their team yeah. at this point. Yeah. But anyway, the disasters win by count out. It's a horrible piece of crap t- yep. match, which is perfect because you need the cooldown. Well, I thought we just had the cooldown. You, you need to okay. after something like that. Well, what what do we need? Three? Because up next is Owen Hart versus Skinner. <laughs> it's a minute. It's yeah. like it's useless. <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't even, why is there three cooldown matches? Like that's the one thing here. It's like if I'm looking at this like scientifically, like that natural disaster spot, that was not that was probably not supposed to be a cooldown match. No, it wasn't supposed to. You're right. It's supposed to be like, oh, it's a tag title match, you know? But it wound up being a cooldown. I mean, Owen finally gets on WrestleMania. He's WrestleMania 5 says hi. Only been here about six months, maybe, if that. But of course, he beats Skinner in like two minutes, probably due to time constraints. I'm sure Brett would be like, you know, my brother Owen probably got a good match. He was the best in the technical on the high flying. And Brett likes Skinner also. Well, Skinner, Steve Kern is a good wrestler. He seems to like Skinner. Good. He's crappy. (laughs) And now Hulk Hogan. In his retirement match, because he definitely retired after this, Quinn. Oh, yeah. he Remember when he wasn't at WrestleMania 9? No, we never saw Hogan yeah. again. Yeah. So this is Hogan's final match. I mean, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. This is retirement. After he spoke to Vince in the stupid, like, <laughs> primetime studio or whatever. The All-American studio, maybe? Yeah, like, that way too, like, heartfelt, like, yeah. Vince is like, Thank you oh, for the memories. Man, thanks for the memories, Hulk. Most of all, thank you. I'm surprised Vince didn't like start tearing up. He probably like, did. Yeah. <laughs> he probably like, did in real life. Yeah. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for the inspiration. And thank you for Hulkamania. Anyway, the real reason why Hogan was taking time off is very simple. The steroid trial and all or the steroid allegations and the sex scandal allegations. So he didn't want to be a part of that. And he also went on to make uh, Mr. Nanny. And right Thunder, Paradise and Thunder Paradise and Paradise, so. all that bullshit. It wasn't really wholesome why Hogan yeah. was leaving. Yeah. It wasn't like Vince didn't want him anymore or anything like that. It was, I got to go make more money than this. And yeah, and get away from the, the limelight for yeah. a bit. Uh, so he faces not Ric Flair, of course, but Sid Justice. Now... Sid had come in uh, right around SummerSlam 91 mm-hmm. as a face, special guest ref in that horrible SummerSlam 91 main event. And he was a face until uh, the end of 91, got injured, came back, Rumble 92, still a face, gets screwed by Hogan right. at Rumble 92. He does. I mean, Hogan he, pulls Hogan him out. Pulls him out. It's kind of crap. It is. Sid legally dumped Hogan. Right. Legal elimination. And like, Hogan made a big stink like, how dare you? It's right. fucking every man versus <laughs> shut up. This is the time period where I'm like, what the fuck with Hulk Hogan? And the crowd was, too. They're like, like, what the fuck with Hulk Hogan? It's like, if he loses, it's like a travesty, and it was like the most unfair. He didn't... Sid did nothing wrong. (laughs) He just wanted to win the title like everyone else in that thing. Like, what's wrong with that? So, so Sid, you know, with the papers when Hogan's announced the number one contender, he destroys yeah, why the... why the fuck is he the number one contender, by the way? Can yes. I? Can we just say that? Because it's not like he was the last one thrown out. That's right. Sid like, was. Sid was. It was exactly. That, honestly, it was all Sid. It's, it was Sid's title shot. I know. And, of course, he calls Jack Tunney bogus. Sid does. Oh. He destroys the barbershop, gets the powder on his face. Yeah, yeah, the powder in the in the face and, and we, all that. And we have a, uh, a rather underwhelming match here. I mean, the crowd's loud for Hogan. Sid kind of gets cheered, too. Yeah. Harvey then, Whippleman's there. But then the ending, it's like Papa Shango strolls out like an idiot. <laughs> well, like, what the fuck is he doing here? Like, that was bizarre. It like, was I don't bizarre. know why the hell he was there. Basically, what happened was Hogan was uh, leg drop Sid. Yeah. And Shango was supposed to run out to break it up, but Shango was late getting to the ring. 
Mrs. Q. Oh, really? So Sid has to kick out as Whippleman hops on the apron to make a distraction to like take the to kind of take the attention off of the fact that Sid kicked out. Right, right. And then Shango comes down like all stupid. Remember, he's like looking around like he an does idiot. This, like slow jog. Too. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember that. Clearly, like from the high camera angle, and you just see him like he's, jogging, like like leisurely jog <laughs> yeah, down, down the entranceway. Look at this! Papa Shango! Where's he going? I don't know! So they beat up Hogan for a while. Then the Ultimate Warrior, uh, Kerry Von Erich. No, I'm just kidding. No. The Ultimate Warrior comes out. Well, yeah. I mean, he, 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 looks, might, he might be. He looks a little different. Yeah. Uh, no steroids this time for him. And he helps uh, Hogan clean house and save the day. And that is WrestleMania now, 8 for you. The one you. thing we must, um, just to close out here, that was a big surprise to fans at the time. It was because Warrior had last been seen at SummerSlam. Right. So honestly, them going off the air here, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of fans that were very satisfied with that end. Absolutely. Like, it, it was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, we got Hulk. Because people yeah. didn't really know if Hulk, they just suggested it, right? That yeah, was right. Leaving. It wasn't like, it didn't officially say farewell match. No, so people, not necessarily. So maybe people thought going off the air, it's like, wow, WF, they got so many guys now. They got, WF. The Hulk, they got Hulk, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, Roddy Sid. Piper, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. Like it, It's like all these fucking people. Good like, point. I'm, I'm just saying it must have seemed so like glorious. And people don't know that Jake Roberts is leaving. Oh, true. You know that, I mean? That's a good point. Yeah, people yeah, don't know Roberts is leaving. Right. So like, you, like maybe it's, it, to me, it probably, going off the air, this probably seemed great. Probably. Yeah. All right, so that's WrestleMania 8. That one took a while here, but it is worth the attention we gave it. Right. Let's all find out now who drew number six. We welcome you to WrestleMania 17. Quinn, it's your baby here. Uh, WrestleMania 17. Talk about taking a while. Shoo! Uh, WrestleMania X7 is, they called it for some stupid fucking reason. I'm just going to say this real quick. I don't have a problem with that name. Of course you don't. Well, just because it's like V-I-I, like X-V-I. It's just getting a little long at that point. It's like just for 7, 8, and 9, I just thought that was acceptable. That's all I'm saying. All right. This was April 1st, 2001, the end of the Attitude Era, considered by many people. And I will say a lot of the stuff going on here in this entire show there was actually built. There was like, some build for some of this. Yeah, it's good. So let's run down a few things. First of all, it is in the Reliant Astrodome. So we're back to a dome show, like I mentioned. Yep, and for, I thought the Astrodome was great. Looked awesome. I love the entranceway of this show. Beautiful. Yeah. No, the set design's great. It looks perfect. Yeah. Jim Ross is on commentary, not with King, but with Paul Heyman. Yeah, so Paul Heyman. Um, Just is, come is, back. Is this the day but or not? A couple of weeks is earlier on Raw. Raw or something. Mm-hmm. But this is Paul Heyman at WrestleMania, and he is unbelievable. He's phenomenal. Now, really. I usually, I probably would have preferred King just because King and JR classically calling this, like, yeah, the, I know. the end of their era would have kind of been better. Would have been fitting. Yeah. But Heyman's great. Heyman's good. So this is a big deal. This is the first WrestleMania where they really embrace their past full time because we have the gimmick battle royal which we'll get to i will say this is also the first wrestlemania i think every wrestlemania currently is patterned after this one (laughs) yeah i think so quinn sadly it's like they haven't really changed anything it's in a dome it's got a a heavy reliance on the past you're right hard you know what yeah good point it's it's kind of like how this is the pattern this is the template for the more modern wrestlemanias right uh, so the dark match or the Sunday Night Heat match was X-Factor, which is just incredible, and X-Pac, who was still somehow there, yeah. uh, defeating Grandmaster Sexay and Steve Blackman. Why? Why? No, I don't where know. Is, where is Scotty Too Hotty? Not the hip-hop hippo. Yeah, where, like, where is the hip-hop <laughs> hippo? Something with cows or birds? Yeah. I don't know. Where he's, is he? He's just gone. Yeah. Uh, but in the proper opener, I'll always remember this because it opened up one of the best WrestleManias. Yep. It's the Intercontinental Champion Chris Jericho, still a face, yep. taking on the Eternal Challenger or Champion during this period yeah. of time, 
William Commissioner Regal. Right. <laughs> no, this is during the spot of pee and, uh, yes, that, and all that exactly. stuff. Regal's hilarious facial expressions. Yeah, it, all of this is good. Nothing I mean, wrong with it. Again, it, this is in the day where a lot of matches would happen on Raw. So it's like, maybe it's not as like prominent. No, but, but it, it's a it, fine it's opener. It's a fine opening match. Yep. Like, what is it like? Wow, it's only it's like, like seven, seven minutes. minutes. I, I always thought it was like 20, but okay. no. Uh, and then this is good because it gets rid of the right to censor, basically. It's Taz. Thank who, God. Yeah. Taz, who is still a face here, yeah. teaming up with the APA, who are still very good. Brad on I like the APA here. And the yep. APA was kind of thought of here as like, okay, they're just going to fuck the right to censor. Yes. Like, like, this is during the era where they were still known as the, real, they the could, brawlers. And they were also like, they would solve issues if there, yeah. were, if there weren't. <laughs> right. Like, it was like, no, APA comes out, fuck you, you're done. Like, so, that's like what APA did. Yep. So speaking of the right to censor, they defeat the team of, or the APA and Taz defeat the team of Bull Buchanan, who was great. The Good Father and mm-hmm. Val Venus, uh, who had Stephen Richards with them. That was that. That's exactly what it should have been. They kicked their asses in like three or four minutes. It's yeah. over with. Enough. Good. Move Enough on. Enough of APA. The next match is really fun. It's I a love hard- this match. <laughs> it really a is lot. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a triple threat hardcore match yep. for the title. It is the champion Raven defending against Big Show. And Kane, and it is amazing. So they go all backstage. It's so good. They go through like a wall at some point. Raven almost like by accident uh, cuts, cuts the, power. the power of the arena. Yes! Like on the golf he, cart. So Raven does this golf cart spot, and he he's just fucks up or something, and he like he, he, the wheel like gets caught on <laughs> something like in the corner, and like it almost goes on a cable, and almost, he almost takes knocks the, the power out. Right, and it's a big mistake, but they kind of like. They work with it, they right? Just, they like, crash car, it, yeah. and like they keep going, and like it, it's just really fun. This is a great match. It's really a fun, nice send off to the Attitude Era's garbage nice, style. Nice send off to the Hardcore Championship, too, yep. for real. Like, and Kane wins, by the yeah, way. Kane wins. It's it, fine. It, it doesn't matter who wins the Hardcore title. No. But, <laughs> that's the the point, but that's kind of the point of the Hardcore title. Correct. So it's like it just passes on. It's a very entertaining ten minute match. Yeah, it's really plain good. and simple. Big Show just knocked Kane through the door. Are you What's going on? Uh, this one, I don't remember anyone carrying, including myself. It's no. the European champion Test getting himself defeated by Eddie Guerrero. Good. Yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah. Who had Saturn with the stupid hat with him. No one cared about this, right? Like, I'm not wrong, am I? I don't remember anyone caring. If you think about it and you look at the placement on the card, this is clearly to quiet the crowd down after, like, that hot hardcore match. Because that hardcore match was like, everyone was into that. Good. Like, yeah, you know good point. I mean? Like, yeah. And to quiet him down before this right, great exactly. wrestling match that comes up. Mm-hmm. I love this match. It's Kurt Angle. Yeah. Still had hair. Yes. Versus Chris Voldemort. Yep, Chris Voldemort, hey. uh, who we won't say his name, but it's a good match. He had a great match with Angle here. This this was instrumental, I think, and I'm not saying it's the only reason, and it's not the first, but this is one of those matches from this period of time that really reintroduced the fans to really good wrestling. That, right, that's slow. Benoit. I think Kurt Angle. Angle was really that gateway for a lot of people. Yeah. Like for like, okay, like Kurt Angle eased us back into okay, we're gonna get back to the wrestling here, right? Absolutely. This is fantastic. Angle wins. I believe he pulls the tights on a finish or something like that, but it's a great match. Right. And, and you know, it's funny, this was for no title in my brain. Just I, a grudge uh, match. Yeah, I just think of it as a t- like European title or right, some no, shit. Just like, a grudge yeah. match. Yeah, it's just a grudge match and everyone's into it and it's great. It's a big I think it's very important for Angle's career this match because he would have some gems at WrestleMania after yeah, this. Yeah, and also I believe in this year he had that great match with Shane at King of the Ring, right? Or was it next year? I think that was a one. I don't remember yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, I think it was this year. Glass, yep. like, only like two months later or yep. something. Yep, but he had that great match with Kane the following yep. year at WrestleMania. He had the 
Lesnar at 19. I mean, he he had some classics angle, and this was a great one. This this is these are the kind of matches I think of like when we went to WrestleMania and saw Kurt Angle retire. Like that's the stuff that came to mind yeah. as he was walking away, and I was like, oh man, like, Angle Sean. Yeah, it's just like. Man, I, it's a stuff. shame that Kurt like had to end like his last couple years because of his neck or whatever. But like he's, he was just so he's good. awesome yeah. here. China defeated Ivory for the women's title. Ivory of the right to censor. Now, no one gave was, a shit. This fucking to horrible. Be fair, Fuck this, it. This was fine just because like this mm. ended the right to censor for good. That's the one redeeming quality. And also, this is the height of China being pushed. I, I don't know if I agree that it's the height of her being pushed. She was the really? intercontinental champion in '99. Yeah, oh, I always felt this that, was seen as a downgrade. I always felt like this was the swan song, though. Like this was like because they, they you keep confusing height with like end. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It was a to me, it was a high point for her. I, not in real life, she hated it. That's why she left. I know she hated it, but yeah. she came off like a big star at the end. I guess, but wasn't she already? That's the point I'm trying to make. Like she beat Jeff no, Jarrett. I get it. I'm just saying, Chris Jericho. I'm just saying, as a viewer at home at the okay. time, I thought like, oh wow, this is like a real like yeah, you know, they just don't treat her like a woman. Don't treat her like a man, okay? Just don't. Well, anyway. she won the man's title and the women's title. <laughs> I know. She's both. What do we do? Yeah. Anyway, that happened. This next match here is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's surprisingly yeah. like one of the best <laughs> matches on the card. It has no business being that, but it is. McMahon had been, Vince McMahon had been such a dick that for like months, making Trish bark like a dog. Didn't he, he have put her face in a mop or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Having Linda be comatose, like all this stuff, remember? Vince, it's like ultimate evil Ultimate Vince. Mr. Burns evil yeah, Vince. You like, know? <laughs> he's ridiculous. And Shane was the big plucky face here. And these two have a 15 minute garbage brawl with Mick Foley as a special ref, don't forget. Yep. And he's heroic as the ref. Now, doesn't Trish also, like, turn on Vince in the middle of the match and, like, all this shit? Trish turns on Vince, Linda gets up from the wheelchair, kicks him in the balls, and the <laughs> crowd, like, loses it. Wait a minute! Linda rolls from her chair! Linda rolls from her chair! The McMahon say what you want about them. They can make something this is the height entertaining. Of it. This is the height of this it. This is actually the height. Yes, Quinn using height. it this, properly here. This is really, really good stuff. <laughs> it here. is. Like, Shane hits the Van Terminator or the yeah. Coast to Coast on For Vince. The first time the Coast yes. to Coast, and that would become part of Shane's like repertoire. Repertoire. Yeah, yeah. And that's how he pins Vince. I think. Yeah. Classic storytelling. Vince gets his comeuppance from everyone, from Foley to Trish to Linda Only to Stephanie Shane. Yes, yeah. with Vince, like correct. Steph- Steph's got to be a heel. Now, Stephanie, if you remember, also comes out with the like weird, like frayed hair <laughs> yes. thing, and like I don't know what to call that jumpsuit she was wearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she is like ultimate evil Stephanie. She like, is fantastic match, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it, great. It's so entertaining. Kind of celebrates with his mom and stuff. Yep. Like at the end, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. And then we have TLC 2, which, even though it does have some good spots, I'm not going to lie. When you rewatch it, it's not as good as the first TLC from yeah, SummerSlam. Yeah, but does have the great spot, if I recall, of Edge doing the spear yes, from, like, does. the super tall ladder to Jeff. To Jeff Hardy. The, like, hang, he's hanging. Yeah. I don't think that was ever in a ladder match either before yeah. that. It's a great spot fest. Let me put it that way. It's Edge and Christian. Yeah. Taking on the Dudley Boys, who are the tag champions, and the Hardy Boys, of I course. Would, I disagree that this is, uh, this to me, is one of the best matches on the card, Joe. 
I didn't say it wasn't. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to like. I just say, said it's like, a great spot fest. Yeah, I which it you, is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure you were. It's just different. It's yeah. a different type of yeah. match than you know Austin Rock or the McMahon Shane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's also very notable, very entertaining. To be fair, it would be another template for like the Money in the Bank yep. match and stuff like that. They would do like they would try yep. to keep this like have some kind of ladder thing. Yeah, you know at every I mean? WrestleMania like, yeah. for years. Yeah, it's also a fitting send off for the classic tag team division era because Edge and Christian would break up soon and yeah. go solo. Jeff and Matt Hardy would also start wrestling singles also and the Dudleys kind of phased out. I so. think this, this was the best thing for their careers too because if they had to keep doing these kind of matches yeah, I know. they would have been dead. They like, would have been dead, right. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of the final farewell to that era of the tag division. Yeah, and it's just wonderful. Oh my god! And then we take it all the way back to the past for the gimmick battle oil. Too. It's so like much this. fun. Yeah. Now uh, I'm not, we don't do we want to run down everybody. In? No, no, no. We okay. don't need. To, we don't need to do that. Let's just say a lot of people gobbledygookers in it for some reason. The Bushwhackers. Like, yeah, I like, guess we're running them down. The Bushwhackers. Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. Doink the Clown. Nikolai Volkov. Tugboat. The Goon. Brother Earthquake. Love. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Brother Love. Michael P. S. Hayes. One Man Gang. Kamala with Whippleman and yeah. Kimchi, which is great. Yeah. Jim Cornette, yep. Repo Man and Slaughter, and of course the winner, the Iron Sheik. Because he's too old to throw out. It <laughs> yes. might have hurt him. Now the best thing of this, besides just seeing all these faces again, is Gene Okerlund and Bobby Heenan mm-hmm. do commentary. Yep. It's their big return. This WrestleMania. Yes. Like, okay, now we're getting to the point of this show where holy fuck this show is good. I know. Like, it's like you're starting to realize it, right? And then the next match happens. The Undertaker versus Triple H. One of the... I will say this, like, and I don't care what anybody thinks. I think this is one of Undertaker's best matches at WrestleMania and Triple H's best matches at WrestleMania. Yeah. I, it, I really, really like this match. Undertaker, like, it's up there for Undertaker. I mean, the Sean yeah. stuff is probably a little no, better, but I, this I'm is good. No, I'm not saying it's the, the... I'm just saying it's one of his best matches at this WrestleMania. Is, this is pre-quad tear Triple H, so yeah. he's good. Yeah. As I've always said, he's still really good here. He's still the gamer. And there's a spot, motorhead. There's a spot in this match that is very memorable to me that I always remember. It's that last ride from yes. like the scaffolding. Like scaffolding, I, yes. Yeah, whatever. It's fucking great. Like I it lo- is, it I is. really, really like this match. It's good. And it's the best version of like um Biker, Biker Taker. Taker. Like yeah. he just comes off as awesome at the end of this. Like I, he does. And this is an era where we, I thought Triple H was gonna win. A lot of people did. Yeah. He seemed like he would have won. There's also that spot too where he attempts the last ride but Triple H hits him with sledgy yes like it's fucking great like it, everything about this is good it is a good match it went over well at the time and I think it still holds up today we did a commentary on it it's yeah. still very good yeah Undertaker stays undefeated and then if you didn't if you were like Oof. man the, oh, so many good matches right then the fucking main event Austin Rock. I will say this the world champion is the rock some people might argue but I personally feel that this is the best Wrestlemania main event ever like as, as far as a match is concerned I really like this as match as far as a match is concerned yeah I don't know. I, maybe that's a controversial opinion, but I've always felt like this is like... The definition of a main event? This is, yes. Like this, because it delivers in every aspect. It's like, it's got the, these are the two biggest names factor. It's got the good wrestling. It's got the emotions, the shock, like, of the ending. It's got everything. To me, it's a total package of, <laughs> of a WrestleMania main event. Well, because they have a history with each other since 97. Right. Which is great, because they did have a feud in 99, but now... The tables are a little bit different now because Austin had been injured and he had lost what he really wanted and he was out. He missed almost a year. And in the, his absence, The Rock took over as the big star. Right. So now Austin's coming to reclaim what is rightfully but his. Austin's still hot as shit. I mean, he is still big. Yes. A big name. Yeah. But Austin's coming to reclaim what right, he believes yeah. is rightfully his. 
and they like each other, but they don't like each other. And right. there's that great video package with the My Way with Limp Bizkit under the, it. One of the best uses of licensed music I've ever seen. Seriously. In a package. And he's like, like, I need to beat you rock and yeah. all that. And then as soon as the chorus kicks in, they show the clips of them yeah. punching each yeah, other. It's, it's good. Literally, this, this match is everything. Like, it, it really yeah, does. It, it's good. When people try to say, like, listen, I love Sean versus Taker as the main event. Like, yeah, like, yeah. At Wrestle 25, I think. Yeah, Wrestle is. 25, yeah. I, I, I love that match. It's it's probably the best wrestle match, but to me, this match has everything. Like, it, it has absolutely everything. And you're okay with the ending. Where Vince I love the ending. Helps like, Austin win. I don't care what anyone says. Okay. To me, that, that was the, a great way to just end the era. Everything? Like, yeah, it's just like perfect. Like, just. Have Austin just turn heel because he, like, can't get what he wants. And that's like, because okay. that, to me, is defines the Austin character. It's do whatever it takes to win the title. It's within his character. That's yeah. true. I mean, yeah. he was never a nice person. Right. He exactly. only occasionally showed morality. I'm fine with it. I okay. know a lot of people don't like it. I think it, it it's it caps it off. Everything comes full circle, and it's great. And I just one of the best. I five-star match. I'll Just, give it to you a five-star match. The match is great. I will give that to yeah. you. So, uh, and it was a shocking ending at the time. It was a shocking ending. I love every bit of this. Before we knew what would happen to the WWF, you know, yeah. they would decline. At the time, it was a shocking end- ending. And it was intriguing. It was like, what the fuck's going to happen it's now? Like, yeah, I want to watch Raw tomorrow. Yeah. Like that, it's the main event. It's supposed to do that. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so that's eight and that's 17. Let's rank them here. Quick rundown. At number one is WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. Number two, WrestleMania six. Number three, WrestleMania 10, and number four, WrestleMania 18. Quinn, where do you think WrestleMania 8 should start? Since there's not a lot on here, let's start at 18 and go up, because I, I think this is going to somewhere in the middle. Okay, the only thing I think that 18 has on 8 is the Hogan-Rock thing, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. I don't think there's anything but, you else know what, more you know appealing. What match ele- elevates it overall is because the middle match is they both have that that strong middle match. What? Randy Savage versus Ric Flair. That's the thing. Yeah, so it's like, I think... Overall, eight is just better. Eight's better. I mean, it's also got Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper. It's mm-hmm. a very easy show to watch. There's not a lot of filler. Yep. There's not a lot of useless backstage stuff. It's minimal on the shenanigans. Mm-hmm. It's an easy. Show. It's got Sean in the good match. It's got the fun Undertaker, Jake, Bret Piper. It's so it's better than eighteen. It's better than eighteen. I think so okay, too. So ne- what's the next one? Ten. That's where it's maybe a little tougher because is it better mm-hmm. than ten overall? It's a, I, I or is it the it, same? I can't, I can't put it above ten. Really, I almost would. Oh, really? Maybe. I don't know. All right, let's compare well, the well, tangibles. to me, 10 has two of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history on it. Uh, the ladder match and, of course, Brett versus Owen. You're right. It's really hard. Now, mm, 8, though. It's 8, got- though, has Flair, Savage, and Brett Piper mm. in terms of well-wrestled matches. But the main event, I, I like the ending, it. I, to, yeah, be, shitty. to be honest, I like the ending of 10. Oh, I do too. I, I really like and it. And you're not even as big a Brett fan no, as I No, I'm not am. even as big a fan, but I just like the match. It's a really good like, ending. Yeah. 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 Uh, commentary is better at eight. I always say that's a factor. Oh, but yeah. Vince and King are good at ten. Hey, we'll throw the science in there. I mean, definitely the commentary is good. I mean, you're right though. Vince and King ain't bad either. They're not bad. They're really actually like pretty solid. They're pretty at 10. solid. Yeah. yeah. Venue wise, uh, MSG is awesome. But Hoosier, Hoosier Dome's Dome cool. Is, yeah. <sighs> it's like WrestleMania three. You know, it looks like that. I don't know. Like I love eight, but you know what? You know what eight's hampered by ultimately. What? It's this stigma that it should be Flair versus Hogan, like mm. hovering over it. That's fair. You got to always factor that in if we're factoring everything in. I think I'd rather watch eight though. Well, I don't. know. I could watch either. That's a, it's a toss up there. Never mind. I, I find that hard to believe because I know how much you like Brett and yeah, tens. Yeah, but ult- he wins at eight. I'm just saying ten is the ultimate Brett pay per view. Well, like, he. In my, in my opinion, I know. Like, I know. He has great great matches at yeah. both. Because he's Bret Hart and he's really freaking good. 
Right. Exactly. <laughs> so does. that's what I'm saying. I like mm. tag title matches better at ten. I hate to say, it, but the Men on a Mission versus the Quebecers is better than the Disasters Money Inc. thing. I think that's debatable because they both suck. I think the <laughs> Quebecers, Quebecers are a better team than anyone else that we mentioned. Yeah, but that match is hideous that's, against yeah, Mom. <laughs> Intercontinental title matches. I mean, the ladder versus the Piper. It's yeah, oof. yeah. I it, this is tough. This is this is like dead even. Okay, what's above ten? Just out of six. Curiosity. And six. I don't think eight can climb up that high. Okay, no. Right, I can't yeah. beat six. No, six is just great. So it's between ten and eight. One's got to be on top of the other. Is there any reason ten is holding the number three spot? I think the only thing keeping eight back from rising above ten is the expectation factor. Everybody who's going in that pay per view wanted to see Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. Well, that's the thing. Is if it's hard according to Melter, if they did, that's what they would have done. So that's why I don't know if everyone wanted to see it, they would have done it. No, you think you it just know, if, Hogan didn't want to do it, right? Is that the consensus we've yeah, come to? There's no fucking way Ric Rick Flair doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, he would have like, done he, it, right? He jobbed the Savage anyway. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't care. Yeah, he, I think I, Hogan like, didn't want to do it. This isn't my company. Like you know what I mean? That's like how he approached generally it. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Both pay-per-views have memorable endings. Warrior returning, Bret Hart winning, and everyone celebrating. Both are kind of the kickoff of a new era. Both eras, not that great. I mean, 92's post, you know, 92 is still good. but They're very similar to each other. It's just, I think it's also if you just put from the popular vote, I bet you'd find more people that would want to see 10 than 8. You think so? thought of as like an underground, like it's good, but it's not like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's not, yeah. Here's what it's champion's advantage here. Even though I like them both equally, and I think we've made good cases, since 10 is holding the number three spot, and I can't think of a reason to put eight above it, yeah. you want to just keep eight right below 10? Yeah, let's just write that. That's, that seems fair. That seems fair, because I can't think of a reason why it's better than 10. It's like the same, but it's not better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so. Now start for the next one. 17. 17 yeah. I think start at, at six, because I think it's better than both 10 and 8. And Let's 18. just start at 10 for formality's sake. Okay, fine. Because 10 does have, like you said, Quinn, two of the best matches at WrestleMania. Well, Let's um, start with that. Okay, so I'm going to say this to that. I know where from, Quinn wants to put 17, so. So 17, right? Stay tuned. Here, here's. Let me just say this in the last, from match 8, technically match 8. What? No one knows what that is. Which is the Shane McMahon, <laughs> ver- Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon, right? Yes, okay, yep. Till the last match. You have Shane versus Vince, the ladders thing. Yeah. You have the the battle royal. You got Undertaker versus Triple H, and then Stone Cold versus The Rock. How, like what the fuck? Like yeah, you're th- right. That is just insane. That you're right. Lineup. Like, you're right. Okay, that could be like a two hour card of like. Like, shit, you're like, right, it's Quinn. It's its own thing. WrestleMania 17, even though we called it the template for the modern WrestleManias, it is not overly long. It is not bloated. It is not crammed. Yeah. Everything f- is paced wonderfully. The commentary carries you through. <sighs> All Look right. at that list. Yeah, that just, that's only the last four. <laughs> that's only the last four matches. And shit. you still have fucking Angle and Ben on there. And... Kane, Big Show, yeah. and Rave it. Right. Fuck, man. And that nice opener. Yeah, for all right. Hysterical. This is why this card is hard to stack anything against. Because right. it's fucking ridiculous. Like, it's above 10. Yeah. Quinn, it's above 10. It's above, yeah. It's is above, it above 6? Without question. Oh, okay, but here... Because even the, the ending is... Maybe it's not the feel-good ending, but it's like... It's still got something, right? It's got... It's like... Ugh. Well, here's the thing. Because if, if we're just doing it on matches... Match. Matches. Match. Matches. 17's gonna win. Right, but it's also got the commentary. Does <laughs> it's also? Well, what do you say? It's to, like to me, there's so much in this fucking show. Joe. What do you say to people 
because three, six, and seventeen are all distinct eras. Yeah, three is the Hogan era. Six is the end of it and moving on to the Warrior era and the post Hogan, right. right? For the most part, seventeen is the tail end of the attitude. What do you say to people that say, "Well, if it's newer, it can't be better"? I say that this is this caps off the biggest, boomiest, like most money making era of all fucking time. It concludes the war. It concludes everything. So you, me, it's it's one of the last times wrestling was at its height of heights. Hard and, to argue that, Quinn. And hard to on argue top that. of that, all these other shows that conclude eras that we're talking about here, yep. they don't cap it off with as big a fucking bang as this one. This is ridiculous. Six comes close, but not nearly the magnitude. I got This is tough because three and six are like warm, fuzzy feeling type of shows for people. Right. That's important when you're watching something, but match... <sighs> Shit, it's this not is even, hard. It's not even just match, though. It's just... Ugh. there's Even the storytelling's good. Yeah, but like three the, and six it is. Yeah, but these are these are in big ways concluding big stories. You're right. Big ways. I mean, Shane versus Vince itself is a great story. You know, Triple H, to, Undertaker's good. It's all good. Yeah. Most of the show, there's only a couple of dud, shitty matches on 17 that no yeah. one, and they're all short. And they're and they're usually just to be in between some other match, which is a mark of good of good pacing. <sighs> of good pacing, yeah, yeah. I cannot put six above seventeen. Yeah, seventeen has to go above six, and then we'll just talk about three, I guess. But yeah, Quinn, I mean, it's ridiculous. You're on to something so, it's here. It's so good. Now again, there are people that don't even like the Attitude Era. What do you say to them? I say watch this fucking show because the matches are great. Yeah. If you hate all the, if you say oh the matches because they're all two minutes and terrible, they're not. This is this this is exactly like not that i'm not even the biggest fan of the attitude era you know in retrospect but i can't this is a great fucking show yeah both at the time and in retrospect like still this is one of those shows that when it was over if you remember i remember reading scott's blog the day after this fucking match this show ended literally everyone's instant reaction and i never you never see this with a wrestlemania everyone's instant reaction was like that's the best WrestleMania I've ever seen. Yeah, like, that was, lit- those were the days. Like, people just fucking knew. Yeah. And here's the thing. Yeah. That opinion never changed 20 years later or whatever it is now. All right, like, well, the, you know what I mean? Like, yes. people were just like, no, this is it. How do you beat this? Well, let's check and WrestleMania like, 3 here, Quinn. The, the, the only way you beat something like this is if every fucking match is... Like, that's how that's good insane, the, yeah. That's how good this is, is that literally there is no cooldown match. Like, every match is good, but somehow the pacing works out, too. All right, well, then what do you say to WrestleMania 3, which is not only one of their most historically significant WrestleManias, it gave us Savage Steamboat, it gave us Hogan Andre, it was in the Silver Dome, it was huge, it was the boom period here's for I, this golden era. Here's what I say about WrestleMania 3. Yeah. WrestleMania 3 is a tale of two eras, because... A new era starts in the middle of that fucking show, in my opinion. I know, Quinn. As soon as Savage and, and Macho Man's over, we're... Savage we're, and Macho Man, We yeah. are in the late 80s, and it, it's very definitive. The beginning of that show... Does 3 have a chance over I, 17, or is 17 just taking the trophy here for I now? I think 17. It's just so hard to compete against this show. Like I said, that last four or five matches, and then, yeah. and then, and then before that, you're scattered through with like angles and, and and hardcore matches that are good, and... Jericho and Regal. The thing is... Fuck right to center. You're ending that uh, yeah. garbage, so you're sending everyone home happy there. True. I can't say that I would watch seven, rewatch 17 more frequently than I would 3. Yeah, but from a scientific perspective, you can't say anything better. is fucking better than WrestleMania 17. 17's better. Yeah. I can't argue it. I can't argue it. 
All right, Quinn. So we're fi- we're gonna just do what's right and put seventeen at the top. I think you're right. It's hard to. I have no argument against it. I like three more, but that doesn't it's mean it's a WrestleMania better. so good that it's no wonder that every WrestleMania since has been patterned to be more like this one. Yeah, it's true like, for better I mean? or for worse. Yeah. But yes, you're right. Yeah. All right, Quinn. As much as it pains me to do it, we'll put it above WrestleMania three. And that'll do it for the Royal Rankings this week, folks. Now, you got to remember here, we got updated rankings at number one, WrestleMania 17. At number two, WrestleMania 3. Number three, WrestleMania 6. And then we've got WrestleMania 10 at number four. WrestleMania 8 at number five. And pulling up the rear where I'm sure it's going to stay is WrestleMania 18 at number six. That is our updated Royal Rankings. And Quinn, congratulations to WrestleMania 17. Yeah, it did a good job. It did. Uh, X7 notwithstanding. Hey. hey, It um, did what it needed to do. That X7 was what it needed to do. All right. (laughs) Well, folks, what we need to do is take a break. But when we come back, we're going to be wrestling at the chase. We're going all the way to St. Louis. Louie to see what's going on with Sam Muchnick. It's wrestling at the chase right after this. So when I talk about letting all that go, putting all that in jeopardy by saying, yes, this is my last match, or by even let, letting someone influence me, such as Sid Justice saying, Hulk Hogan, I'm going to make sure this is your last match. All of those thoughts I put out of my head. I'm the only one that can make that decision, Vince McMahon. And right now, I have to tell you, at WrestleMania, I just won't know until I come out of the ring if it was my last match. Well, then whether or not this is your last match, I'd like to say that on behalf of all of us, your Hulkamaniacs... I think you're starting to believe in your own bullshit, Hogan. And now, back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 126. And before we continue on with our show here, we just want to remind you of a few friends of the show. We do have friends of the show, Michael. Yeah, we have friends. They do um, shows, too. They do shows also. Uh, we got uh, our three podcasts, right? We got WPAN. Yep. Then we got Book in the Territory. And yep. one that's critically acclaimed. Oh, uh, greetings from greetings somewhere. From Allentown. Allentown, that's yeah. right. So check out these shows. Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is hosted by two guys that have worked in the business. One is retired. He's a referee, Mike Crockett. The other one wrestled at MSG a couple of weeks ago. He's the brawler, Brian Malonis. He's he's a real brawler. And he's I, very brawly. Very nice guy, though. Sweet man. But I don't want to break kayfabe. Yeah, so, so in kayfabe, man. Oh, whew, man. Wolf. Man, we almost got in a fight with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. But check out the wrestling podcast about nothing. Go check it out right now. It comes out on Mondays. They have a new episode out right now, so go check it out after us. And then, like Quinn mentioned, critically acclaimed Greetings from Allentown is hosted by one very quirky Orioles jersey-wearing man, Petey Winson. Yes, he's the biggest Orioles Orioles fan. Um, is that what Ron from Kittles Massachusetts? From, whatever. I don't know what Ron Kittle's from. I forget. Oh. He might have been on the Yankees or the Twins. I don't oh, remember. I got you. But check out Greetings from Allentown because Petey takes you through an episode of old wrestling, but he does it in the weirdest way, and it's so entertaining. It's so fresh and fun and I would good. Say the most unique way. Yeah, and I also like it. It's good. <laughs> so check out Greetings from Allentown. And then if you like your retro wrestling slathered in that barbecue sauce, there check out the John Deere of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it is Mike Mills and. Boom! 
talking the territory. It is the unprofessional wrestling podcast where they go down south, south of that Mason there Dixon line. Uh, two times a week, right? Two times a week. That's right. They do the Smoky Mountain show and they also do the NWA tail end of the Crockett era they're in right now. It is the unprofessional wrestling podcast. Very classy. So our three friends of the show, again, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory with Mike Mills. But Quinn, we are going to the chase. Yeah, the chase. It's a, it's a real chase. Yeah, the Chase Manhattan Bank. No. Yeah, it's, a, it's a bank of wrestling. <laughs> We've never done this promotion before. This we never is, went to the chase. We never have. Yeah. The St. Louis Wrestling Club was a very well-acclaimed territory of the NWA based out of St. Louis, obviously. Sam Muchnick was a promoter. What's this club business? That's what just it? the name of the promotion, mm, Gwen. St. Louis Wrestling Club. Yeah. It sounds, you know, classy. It sounds old-timey. It does sound like where old men smoke cigars yeah. and, and <laughs> you know, bars. hang out. Yeah. Not even smoky bars, like padded rooms. Oh, with jackets and like, on and stuff. Yeah, and like books in the background. Assistants named Midge. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that kind of thing. That kind of thing. So this show actually was on for a very long time, Quinn. Yeah. From 1959. Jeez. Until 1983. Whoa. And Vic McMahon actually wound up buying the time slot, of course, and the WWF themselves produced some episodes of Wrestling at the Chase after the, uh, the national expansion, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. Gorilla Monsoon, or maybe it was Vince were there. This is 84. WWF actually ran some shows there. But this is still during the period where it's Muchnik, and it's May 10th, 1981. And a few more things I guess we should mention is this was a very highly rated show in St. Louis. Was it? People loved their fucking wrestling out there. I did not know this. Yep, and a lot of stars that would become stars or were at the time passed through this promotion. Well, we're going to see them. Yeah, when you watch this show, it's Star City, at least for 1981. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to say a few things up front before we get into it. I liked it. I have no problem with this show. No yeah. suspense. Okay, I, I liked it. Very different than the 82 just a year later <laughs> yeah. we're watching. For WWF, yeah. yeah. And well-produced. Mm-hmm. There's a few funny things. but w- quality, though. Well-produced, and uh, I think that's about it. I think we should just get right into it. We have actually a pretty cool intro for 1981. It's got The Boys Are Back in Town by yep. Thin Lizzy. We're, we're back in town for some chase. That's right. Yeah. Hey, Andre's in the intro. Hi! Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're greeted by our, our announcer, Larry Matisik, from I, a very I, odd green screen angle. <laughs> I will say, this green screen, man, it is one of the worst angles I've ever seen. It's like super close to Larry here. Yeah, he's which, like, By the way, I didn't know that was his name the whole time. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> Larry Matisik. Hello, I'm Larry Matisik. Yeah, so Larry here, it's like, it's right up on his face. You might as well just like have a close up of a pimple on his face. And, <laughs> He's and, like bust up, basically. And, the, and you can barely see the gr- the the green screen ring behind him. Yeah. Like, but he's like, it looks like he's in the ceiling, the way it's like angled it's, or whatever. It's a very odd choice of a camera angle, yeah. let me put it that way. He's also wearing a very hideous like 1981 coat, maybe even older than that. And he says to put on your sunglasses because the flashy Ric Flair is one of the headliners. Put on your sunglasses because flashy nature boy Ric Flair is one of the headliners on Wrestling at the Chase today. He's got this pleasant sounding voice like an economics lecturer, but like a good one. Like he sounds yeah. like he'd be a good professor. Uh, but Flair is going to be squaring off Quinn against Pat O'Connor tonight. Jeez, he's still around in <laughs> 1981. So we go down to our ring announcer, Mickey Garagiola, and I want to oh. mention... Well, you ever hear of uh, Joe Garagiola, the baseball player and then announcer? No. Well, you wouldn't, but... He, he looks a lot like Jim Barbecue, I admit. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, Mickey is his brother, actually. Oh. Joe Garagiola. Jim Barbecue's no, brother? No, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Garagiola's brother. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that Garagio. <laughs> 
So he gets right the hell to business for our first match. No wasting time. We introduce here Bruce Reed to a big cheer what? versus Bobby Jaggers. The Mick Jagger of Kansas, I guess. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Who? <laughs> like, who the hell is this guy? I don't know, Quinn. Uh, and yes, Bruce Reed is, in fact, Butch Reed. He wasn't Butch enough just yet. He must be much more Bruce at this <laughs> yeah, point, he, I, I suppose. He didn't I, earn his butchdom yet. Yeah, he, he, you have to earn that butchdom. <laughs> yeah. So it's Butch Reed, folks. There's one name right there out of the gate that we yeah. already know. Yeah. Was a big star in Mid-South after this. Uh, referee is Eddie Smith. Jaggers looks like imitation Buddy Rose, Quinn. Yeah, like shitty pants wearing Buddy Rose. He looks like crap. <laughs> he does. Hard camera also is like rather high. It's like looking down at the it ring. It seems like there's a couple angles, actually, I noticed. Which was, well, I was surprised there was more than one camera, to be honest with you. <laughs> you never know what you're getting yeah. into with these, right? There's like at least three. <laughs> yeah, there were. Because there like three different angles I it's, saw. It's filmed well, I'm yeah. not going to lie. Uh, lock up to start goes nowhere, and then another as Reed gets a nice arm drag. Matisic, Quinn, I thought this, he has a fun style. He's different than other announcers we've heard, especially around this time. It's just very pleasant sounding. Yeah, he's really not bad. I actually, like, I was okay with him this whole show. Yeah. I was fine. I, which I was surprised, but he, he just endeared to me in his gigantic big screen way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Arm drag by Reed. Jaggers complains that his hair was pulled. Referee Eddie Smith ignores it. Hammerlock attempt by Jaggers is reversed by Reed into one of his own as Jaggers makes the ropes and we stand off. Very fair and respectable wrestling here, Joseph. Nothing uh, wrong with it, this, Michael. I, I was very surprised. Um, I'm surprised that Mick Jaggers over here is, is, isn't the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly, he's not. Arminger takedown into an armbar by Reed. Reed is just so... uh. He's just so natural, Quinn. <laughs> he, he, no one could tell. Like, <laughs> really. So a big backdrop by the future hacksaw here, and he goes back to the armbar as Jaggers gets up and is able to throw Reed to the rather clean-looking floor, I gotta say. You see yeah. the floor? Now he was some eat weird, off that floor. It was some weird-looking pattern, but it was pristine. <laughs> yes! It looked like a Formica kitchen, I thought. like <laughs> yeah, Seriously, right? Uh, also, Quinn, 20 counts are in effect for the outside what today. I, what is this, Japan? Yeah, I, anytime I see that, Japan. Japan. <laughs> Reed gets back in and Jagger stomps away, knocking Reed back out to the floor again. I gotta say, pretty good showing by Mick Jagger over here. <laughs> Start me up. Yeah. Five minutes left as Jagger sits a knee drop. Five minutes left, by the way. <laughs> yeah. They're very big on the time yeah, on, they, on this fucking show. They, they, they tell you, it's Japan. Yeah, they keep you the fuck updated. Yeah. Jagger sits a knee drop for two, back in the ring, and then a reverse neck breaker for two. Apparently, Quinn, I found this out, Larry Matisic was not only like a influential booker oh, for really? this promotion, yeah. <laughs> He actually worked for the WWF when Vince bought out St. Louis. Oh, he was so there for a while. suit in the back. He was a suit, mm. believe it or not. Hopefully not that suit that he was wearing. Yeah. Front face lock on the map by Jaggers as a series of knee drops by Jaggers gets a close two, and now a chin lock by Jaggers as Reed makes the comeback, goes to work with the shoulder block, but catches a knee to the gut. Jaggers stays in control and elbows as Mickey Garagiola says there's one minute left. Come on, Bruce. Yeah, come on, Brucey. Sunset flip by Reed gets... Two. two. I thought that was a finisher. Yeah, I thought it was. This is great. This, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, there's no like weirdness here. It's no. just, this is a good match. It's good. Why is Jaggers <laughs> doing He's this good? good? <laughs> Body slammed by Jaggers, but misses an elbow and Reed catches a junky small package for two. Only two. Two. Backslide by Reed gets two. What? And then the bell fucking rings for a time limit draw, but that was absolutely fine this match. I, I don't mind time limit draws when it's like a ten minute match or whatever. Yeah, that's what, what it was. They clipped it too, I think. They they do that a lot in this. Have yeah, you there's a couple that? of They're clips. Like, they don't want to make you sit there the whole which is, I'm fine with. Like, if it's a time limit Get me to where it matters. Yep. Right? So we go to commercial, and of course, when you think of wrestling at the chase, you think of Colt Cabana. What is this shit? <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's and real- it's all shitty, too. <laughs> like, it's like... It's horrible. Do, do, do. <laughs> 
I, so, was that his music back I then? Guess. I thought it was that, it's Coca. Bana. Yeah, like I never liked were him. Were they just not allowed to use that? Maybe not. You didn't like him. I don't know why. We I don't know why I don't, I don't like him. I, he's just—he's not supposed to be serious. He's supposed to be the fun guy. Why don't I like him? But uh, uh, yeah, it's, I don't get it either. But anyway, folks, this is actually a replay being shown on the Fight Network in what looks to be just judging by the aesthetic of everything, two thousand eight. Yeah, it's about the time when right. we used to watch the company, which actually that's a R-O-H, good yeah. time in the company's <laughs> yeah, history. Like, exactly. Believe it or not, you can't tell from these clips, but and it's also apparently in England because we have some British commercials. This, oh yeah, they're so, some lady. Maybe with, it's Australia. You never know. I couldn't tell. Yeah. yeah, some lady with bad hair needs to do laundry. So use Vanish. It has color protect. Now, what is all this footage? <laughs> Trust pink. Forget the stains. Yeah. <clears throat> Weird ass insurance commercial now where a fake elephant follows a man with a mustache in a jungle. Quinn, it's for elephant. .co.uk. I swear, does that not sound like I made that up? That's like a joke. Like Facebook.co.uk backslash elephant. Yeah, like seriously, like, that address, and they keep saying that fucking address yeah, there's this more. whole show. So you see how much you could save? Go straight to elephant.co.uk. Every time I heard it, I was like, I probably said that once in my life already without knowing what that was. Right. And now we get a commercial for uh, Immigraine Recovery for Migraines. It's important. It is. Yeah. Hey, a promo for Jack Evans yeah. now. It's Jack Evans. He's good. Yeah, now Jack Evans, this was during the good era before I think he like, I don't know what happened to him. I've, I've heard things. I liked him in Lucha too. Yeah, he was great. Years ago. Yeah. Uh, back to Mickey Gregory in the ring for our first main event. That's right. It's one fall with a 20 minute time limit in the ring or both participants. First of all, it's Pat O'Connor. Looking old as fuck. He does. Oh, my God. He looks like Lyndon Johnson or something when he, he gets He looks introduced. like a former president of wrestling. He does. Uh, Pat O'Connor was obviously a champion in the, the dark days of, uh, the black and white days, I should say, right. of wrestling, 50s, 60s. But anyway, his opponent, Quinn, still billed from Minneapolis, is Ric Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair looking super young. Looking good. Really good here. Turquoise robe, blue tights, looking I, I nice. I dig it, yeah. Now, O'Connor has, like, these hunter green underpants on and no knee pads, but Flair is already Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. No, he is the real deal. He's already point, right? Flair, yeah. Yep. He's, a big, he's a big thing. He's been, like, a wrestler for, like, nine years at this point, but right. he still seems new. And he's fully recovered from the plane crash yeah. and everything. Like, he, he, he is 80s Flair all the way. All it's, the way. It's just like he's making a tour right here, yep. you know? Pretty much. Lockup and O'Connor pushes off a Mox Flair strut that Flair stole from Buddy Rogers anyway. Another lockup and O'Connor does the same thing, followed by an arm drag into an arm bar. O'Connor keeps the pressure on as Larry Matisic talks about Ted DiBiase and Harley Race. Missouri State Champion Ted DiBiase coming up. First of all, this DiBiase. <laughs> Second of all, what is this WCW with all the like talking about other yeah. things going on? Yeah, it's true. They're just talking about like the comings and goings yeah. of the NWA the whole fucking match. It's true. Flair gets up, Irish whip, and O'Connor with a shoulder block and an arm drag. Madison keeps talking about DBS as O'Connor lays in another it's arm bar. DBS. A lot of DBS talk. And back to that race and DBS affair. All the referee was outside the ring. And after DBS had been pitched over the top rope, DBS got back into that ring. Flair tries to hip toss out of a standing arm bar, but O'Connor blocks it, flips Flair back down into an arm drag as we get more race and DBS recap by Larry. Mm-hmm. DBS. Flair lifts O'Connor for a body slam, but Pat hangs on in the arm bar as Larry is still going on about Harley Race versus Ted DBS. It looked to everybody as old Ted DBS was the new world champion. 
but it wasn't to be because just as Warren counted three, Venator was up on his feet calling for the bell to disqualify race for throwing DiBiase over the top rope. I swear, he has said DiBiase like 22 times. And he's about to say it 100 more <laughs> yeah. the rest of this fucking show. Jeez, they just don't stop talking about whoever DiBiase is. <laughs> Flair tries a hip toss, but O'Connor blocks it and hits a backslide for two as Rick bells to the apron and yells about how his hair was pulled. This, this is good stuff. It I is. like this whole like ending part it's here. It's you know? good, right? Yeah. 15 minutes remaining here as O'Connor again goes back to the arm bar. This should be called wrestling at the arm bar. <laughs> like, they're... Every match so far, and I know there's only been two, but I feel like there's been 17 with the amount yeah. of arm bars. Because, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They, like, live and die on the arm bar. <laughs> they do. You can get a happy hour at the yeah, arm bar. seriously. Matisic, by the way, does a fantastic job building credibility here for O'Connor's chances at one more crack for the world title if he can get by Flair here. Like, he makes it sound believable. I don't he's know. He's like, Pat O'Connor, you know, he's older, but if he gets by Flair here, he wants one more crack at Harley Race. He looks like an old man in his underpants <laughs> at a retirement home. What do they talking about. He does. Flair finally gets in some offense with an elbow smash and a few chops and a front face lock on the mat by the Nature Boy. Madison acknowledges that Flair does in fact have a lot of supporters, a lot of fans, already by 81. How do you not like right. Ric Flair? Exactly. O'Connor with a great snap suplex, but Flair flips back over into the front face lock as another suplex now with the same result. As the ring announcer, Mickey Garagiola just joins Larry for some like ancillary comments a few yeah, times. I don't know what that was about. He doesn't say much. Quick small package by Pat gets two, but Flair regains control with the front face lock as Larry now tells some stories of how Flair eats at all the best restaurants. He uses limos and planes. Larry Matisic is a good announcer. He's good. And, and this is, I like the building up Ric Flair. Yeah. storyline stuff. It's it's just good because it's necessary in 1981. You it, need to like, explain like who the fuck is Ric Flair? Right. Like he's not cemented yet. Like yeah. he would become in the mid 80s. Once he won the world title, that was it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Up in the corner now, where Flair, Flair slugs away before going back to the front face lock again. As we now have ten minutes remaining, as O'Connor finally escapes with the snap suplex and goes for a backslide, which gets two. Big slugfest, but O'Connor hops on the rope, pulls Flair to the outside with him. Now we're brawling outside as Flair tries to get back in, but he gets his ass almost exposed as O'Connor pulls the trunks down, and then we see a Samoa Joe promo. <laughs> <laughs> the, the juxtaposition is amazing. It's so weird. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of clips from Joe and ROH. Yeah, like, that's all it is. Just some music of some and, kind. And then we get the KO of the week highlight as Stefan Dube fought Kajan Johnson. <laughs> What is this channel? Like, and have you noticed all this? Like, it's the fight. Oh network. my god! Like, all, all the yelling, yelling, so much fucking yelling. Jeez. Some guy puts on Axe body spray and he turns into a chocolate. I remember this statue. Ad, yeah. It's unsettling. This- uh, this is very mid two thousands. I true. totally remember this ad because yeah. they're like it was the new like it had like a a whiff of chocolate in the Axe spray and it was like a special like. Why? It was just I think it only lasted a little bit. Why? 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 It's walking around going like. Smelling like chocolate, like a desirable attribute. Well, I guess maybe women like chocolate, and you know they'll <laughs> dig you if you smell like chocolate. All right, fair enough. More elephant.co.uk shenanigans. Fucking assholes, <laughs> now- stealing my ideas with that URL. <laughs> Seriously. And now we get like a "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" knockoff commercial where some dork is talking to a dog, what? and it's for home insurance. I don't know. And then we get a promo for ballroom boxing with people yelling way too loudly, like you said, Quinn. <laughs> this network sucks. Yes. Like way too much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you'll probably insert one of these commercials. It's just like... Yeah, right about now. Put away those sissy dancing shoes. This is ballroom boxing. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, way too much, folks. too much. 
Hardcore championship fighting promo. Yeah, it's MMA. No one cared. Uh, back to 1981 now as O'Connor climbs into the ring, but Flair hooks the leg from the outside and rams O'Connor's knee into the ring post a few times. We get a shot of the announcers who have a blue screen behind them, which explains the whole opening shot. <laughs> yeah, it's just exactly. right there. Yeah. Back in the ring and Flair goes to work on the knee. Back in the days where we actually did shit to set up the figure four, unlike it's true. later. You know? Yeah, he does they, He does do extensive work before he, he does it. He does. O'Connor wiggles away from one attempt and then slugs away with big rights as Flair is now bladed. Fuck yeah, on a free TV show, no less. Like, this is good. Really good. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the bad part is this very comical circle blur thing. Yeah. It's awful. That censors Flair's entire head. Now, this is bad because this remains the entire time Ric Flair's on screen. Yes. And there's other things. Yes, right, right. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> so O'Connor has slugged down Flair and the crowd loves it. A sleeper by O'Connor, but Flair leans over the ropes to break it and takes O'Connor down with him to the outside where Pat hits another sleeper again. But Flair rams him backwards into the ring post and he hits the figure four on the outside. This is great. I love that. I love how this all goes down at the end. Seriously. The referee is up to now a 16 count as Flair makes it back into the ring just in time to get the win via count out. That's how you fucking use the figure four. Yeah. Like if you if you can't beat him in the ring, if you won't give up, just fucking hurt him so he can't walk and just run in. It it works. It works. You can't do it in a championship match when you're trying to win the title. Trying to win, yeah. But for this, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fair game, right? Larry heads up to the ring now to talk to the bloody Ric Flair, who is uh, still being censored most of the time. Why with this? This is awful. <laughs> I know. He looks like an uh, alien or something. <laughs> it's like, really I, unsettling. I hate, I hate it. And it's weird, too, because certain angles they're okay with. Yeah, but like, a close-up, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says that none of the ladies care how he wins, just that he wins. That's true. He looks like a real tool, though, with his giant circle covering his yeah. face. Some hard <laughs> copy. Say, he does, He does like, throw in some line about how he's embarrassed that he has to cut a promo with blood on his face, which yeah. I really like yeah he's he's uh, very upset about the fact that he has to do that yeah. so anyway uh <laughs> rick flair and larry now reminisce about the uh, flair versus harley race match that happened they talk about how great that match was as flair calls pat o'connor a harley race stooge which i thought was funny <laughs> i love that that yeah. was really good and now madison wants to talk about ted dibiase let's talk about ted dibiase so Flair says, yeah, he'll beat Ted DiBiase. He, Rick Flair says DiBiase. <laughs> yes. This is where I'm like, what? Because correct me if I'm wrong. But That's when, not his name. When DiBiase right? was in the WWF in 79, they called him Ted DiBiase. I've never right? heard them ever call him DiBiase in any place ever. I never have either. This. From Omaha, Nebraska, weighing 250 pounds, Ted so I would like to know if there's anything more to this but that people more know. More importantly, why was Flair just going along with it? Maybe like, not to embarrass him or something, or maybe I guess, you know like, I don't know. Maybe he was like maybe they just call him this in this territory <laughs> and he didn't want to like break ranks, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, Flair says he's going to beat DBS. He's already beaten him twice. He's going to take DBS's Missouri State title and then he's going to kick Race's ass for the most coveted trophy, the NWA Championship. That's going to be me, not Ted DBS. Don't forget, DBS almost took the belt from him, though. That's right. Who beat DBS when I wrestled him here last time? You beat him twice. That's right. Great promo, especially for 81. Awesome promo. Flair just rules. He's like, great here. I don't like when people crap on Flair. I, I just he's great I think here. he's always good. Even when he was old, like he could still cut a promo. Mm. Like You know what I mean? Not a coherent one. Mm. I, I argue, but... <laughs> well, all right. Let's point. not get into yeah. that here. Let's clip to the ring now for our second main event. It's an Australian tag team match, Crocky. First, from Newark, New Jersey... 
J.J. Dillon? Boo. J.J. looks like shit. He looks horrible. He's so young. He's like a mailman. Like, he's really skinny, too, yeah. like, which is bizarre. <laughs> Shoot me. It's weird because only in like three years, he'd be like the J.J. we know, like blonde yeah. and fat and right. like good. <laughs> yeah, like, crap on about I, good. Hey, I, no, he, do not crap on J.J. Dillon. Dillon. He's really good. His partner is from Toronto. It's Mike Kelly. Uh, their opponents are Rufus R. Jones, another name we know, yeah. and Kerry Von Erich. What a weird combo of people here. Von like, Erich? And Rufus, too. Yeah, all that this whole combo is bizarre. Really bizarre. Kelly yeah. and Kerry lock up to start. That's been kind of the norm tonight. Is a lock up to start, which goes nowhere. Yeah. Another staple of the show is the armbar by Kerry, but Kelly knocks in the armbar. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Kelly knocks him off balance with a drop toe hold. No, no fun tensions there. Yeah. Uh, Kerry rides the armbar for a bit, but Dylan comes in to break it up and kicks away with really crappy looking offense. He's wearing like Tony Gurria inspired drawers here. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, as Kerry tags Rufus into a nice reaction, Madison talks about how Ted DiBiase also yeah. knows the figure four, and he actually put Ken Patera in the hospital with does he, it. Does he know the DBS also? <laughs> so they're hyping up, though, Quinn, I gotta say. They really are hyping up this Flair DBS match, like, perfectly. This DBS match, they are, they fucking love Ted DBS around here. I want to see this DBS match as Rufus pulls on Mike Kelly's beard and tags Carrie back I, that in. That was a good spot. <laughs> it is. This is all fun. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Right? Yeah. The heels are getting control. Dylan's in. Rufus tags in again. Everyone's asses are getting kicked. Shoulder block gets two for Rufus. They got their DBS handed to them. <laughs> Kick some DBS as Carrie comes in to chase Dylan away. Kelly now hits a full Nelson and Dylan tries a drop kick, but Rufus moves and it's just mayhem. Just lots of stuff happening. I like all of it. I like it too. Yeah. Rufus gets a headbutt on Kelly for the win. Not bad at all. Fun quick match. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe with oh, promo God, again. God, yeah, really. Did you ever hear of him, Samoa Joe? <laughs> yeah, I heard of him. Yeah. And now also, if it's raining and you can't sleep and you're sick, drink some Night Nurse. Yeah. Night Nurse? What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? That's English. Yeah, that is some... That's English. What the fuck? What, what kind of name is that? Yeah. <laughs> And then there's more migraine medicine, too, Quinn. Yeah, with the migraine. Like, what, what is this, a drug company-funded network? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, seriously, like, is this owned by, like, Novartis or yeah, something? It could be. You never yeah. know. And then more elephant.co.uk, but stop now there's a lady there. Yeah, yeah stop stealing my gimmick. And those commercials, by the way, they're not even funny or interesting. It's just like, look, we're looking for insurance. Oh, it's an elephant. They're happy. Now, I must say, they do no. the whole safari looking for it's something shitty. thing correctly at, at the very least. It's kind of like how I always think Mike Francesa should wear like a safari hat in his o- in opening. And, like, <laughs> He'll get for, you the sports. Look, yeah, get these sports any way that he can. Like, I need he's, more like, sports. he's like looking for them. This, <laughs> this is how I envision it. Hey, have you seen any sports around here? What's that? Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Have you seen any sports? There should literally be a picture of him with a safari hat and a magnifying glass, like looking through the sports pages. I need to get these people the sports. I'm yeah. going on the air here, yeah. okay? Anyway, now some animated penguins tell us all about <laughs> their new airwick. Did their, you ever think you'd say that sentence? While their dad penguin plays the piano. What is going on in the UK? Yeah. And then, what the fuck was this? Some guy follows a lady around that's walking a dog. He says, like, she's ugly and smells like vegan chili. He's like, do you eat dog poop? What the fuck is this ad? <laughs> yeah. Like, he says that. And then he's like, I got an idea. Why doesn't the dog give you a bone? Er. What Horrible. the fuck are we watching? Now, why is Jimmy Hart on the screen now? Wait, King? Savage? Rude? The Nasties? Oh. It's classic Memphis wrestling. Sundays at 3 p.m. They say they open the vault. I usually just open YouTube to see that kind of thing, but <laughs> well, whatever. Yes, you do. Even uh, back then, because YouTube existed. Yeah, in like nothing was blocked 07 yet. 07 or 08, whenever the hell this is. Uh, back to the ring for the official announcement. Rufus and Carrie won, in case Good. you missed it. <laughs> Thanks. And now we clip to a match that's in progress from Atlanta, where Bobby Garrett is taking on the much-hyped 
Ted DiBiase. Now, Teddy still doesn't have his beard and he's wearing the red trunks. And we hear uh, DiBiase said probably another 19 times. Let me, let me describe this for you. It's basically like DiBiase, 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 DiBiase. I also like how <laughs> Madison is doing this in post. So he's like announcing like quietly like he's a golf announcer the whole time. <laughs> why not just show the match with the original commentary? Like, why do we have to just hear him say DBS a million times? No, back and forth action as DBS misses a dropkick. Like you said, Quinn, DBS, DBS, DBS. Yep, way too much DBS. <laughs> so the thousand dollar man here, I'm assuming at this time. The DBS man. <laughs> he's an ass man. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. He hits the, don't be a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> he hits the figure four for the win. See, he does know the figure four. Back to St. Louis here for our final match. It's uh, most falls until curfew. What? <laughs> it's it's, like, it's Iron Man match yeah, or something. But an aluminum man match. Yeah. First, from Atlanta, Terry Taylor. Ugh, why don't <laughs> you just turn the show off? Like, why? And he's How all like, this idiot making in everything? And he's all like, hi! Yeah, it's go away, Get man. Away. Now, his opponent is Mike Kelly's twin brother, Pat Kelly. Now, I thought this was just him again. No, it's like, Pat I, Kelly. I was literally confused because they look exactly the same. And to steal a, a jibe here from Petey Winston, no, not the second baseman for the New York Yankees from 1991 right, to 1997. That looked like Woody Harrelson. Critically acclaimed. Critically yeah. acclaimed. I guess we should also mention now, if there was ever a time to ever bring up Pat Kelly, he was one of the people that was killed in July of 1988. Oh, really? In that same car with Adrian Adonis when their car drove off a cliff in Newfoundland. Wait, that's how he... I thought it was just a yeah. regular accident. They drove off a cliff? Yeah, they swerved to like avoid hitting a moose that's, or something. That's a real thing? Drove into a lake, something like that. Jeez, yes. that sounds like fake. They drove no, off they a really cliff. did. Or into a lake, off yeah. a cliff. I wow, can't remember. Geez. I, um, I didn't know it was that kind of yeah. ending there. And Pat Kelly's brother, Mike, actually did survive with bad leg injuries, but we lost Adrian Adonis and Pat Kelly, and I forget the other guy that was in that. Wow. But yeah. Um, but anyway, for this match, guess what happens to start? It's a lockup into a wrist lock by Terry Taylor. Zero people care. Was Terry Taylor ever popular? Uh, no. <laughs> I can't imagine when. Yeah. Like, was he? Seriously, guys, help us out here. Was he? Was there a promotion? This is a challenge for you fans at home. Right. Was there a promotion where Terry Taylor was actually really like a star? Right. Florida somewhere, maybe? Probably, I, no, probably nowhere. I really don't know, but nobody anyway. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Taylor rides Kelly on the mat in a waist lock as Matisic brings up the big Carrie and David Von Erich tag match against Baron Von Roschka and Dick Murdoch. What is this? WCCW? <laughs> right. What are they... What? Yeah, what? what is that? Yeah. And uh, nothing going on in the ring, by, by the way, as Taylor rolls around with Pat Kelly. That's Ter- all it is. Terry Taylor is like watching paint dry. It's bu- He's boring as hell. You're right, Quinn. Just send him to Crockett's to like die in the lower <laughs> mid-card. Like, I, seriously. Like, seriously. Like, he's horrible. Two minutes till curfew as no one is doing much of anything. Awful roll-up by Kelly gets a zero count because <laughs> Taylor makes the ropes forearms and knee lifts by Kelly. One minute remaining. Big bat drop by Kelly gets two, but Taylor catches a backslide off the ropes and gets a three for the win. Like four people. Yeah, clap. they're like, yeah, great. Your winner, the Red Rooster. As then Larry Madison creepily slides up into the screen. Yeah, that slide in is amazing. Like, we need to get like a gif of that. Yeah. Like, it's bizarre. Because we're just seeing the hard camera action, right? Yeah. Like, Taylor just won. You're seeing the hard camera. Like, and, and then his green screen, like, gigantic body, like, flies in. Like, with, with the hard camera still behind him. Yeah, with Terry Taylor still on the it's screen. Just, it's really weird. Really weird. They thought they were so good with their tech. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. Overusing the tech. Always. But anyway, he does say that wrestling at the chase is very exciting and I agree honestly, okay. I can't disagree other than Terry Taylor well, of course, of course. Uh, the boys are back in town plays us out here 
Like I said, good show. I have zero issue with it. Yeah, produced by Sam Mushnick. Yeah, good stuff. He's still around, apparently. He was around. Yeah. So, I am very happy that we actually finally covered another good show. It's It's been a while. Yeah, well, last week with the All-American was just, God, with Ted... Ted DiBiase and Todd Pettengill yeah, on that one. And a lot of DiBiase <laughs> on that one. DiBiase. But uh, yeah, overall, Quinn, what did you, would you ever watch more wrestling at the chase? I'd probably check another one out. I, this, I would. This is okay. Considering that you saw Andre in the intro, their name. Terry Taylor and like fucking um, Carrie Mont Eric and yeah, like. Yeah, all kinds these, of names. Yeah. A Flair. Bunch of, a bunch of Ric Flair. Like, what the. Like, does everyone just stroll through here, I guess? Like. Possibly, because apparently, like I said, apparently this was really hot shit. It was on TV for 24 years, highly yeah, maybe rated. Maybe the TV spot was considered one of those spots that you want to get on if you were making the rounds. Like Georgia. Yeah, like you just you want to be on wrestling at the chase like, right. once. So, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Our Vantage Point and chase us down next week because we'll be robbing you through another week in the world of retro wrestling. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group, elephant.co.uk. Yep. You can also go to patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. And if you have Apple Podcasts, iTunes, why don't you leave us a review? But until next time, I am Joe Murata. That is Mike DiBias, and we are out of here. See ya. Hey, Stog. You ever uh, scoop the dog's poop and eat it with uh, your mouth? Does the dog ever uh, uh, put you on a leash? Hey, you're ugly. You smell like uh, chili. You smell like vegan chili. Hey, is that dog your boyfriend? Because you couldn't get a real boyfriend? I got an idea. Why doesn't the dog give you a bone? Err.